virtually every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own This is a special place. We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it... You look like Cousin It. Me? <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I'm your host, Adam Dunn. And, oh, Jesus Christ. Hold on. Hold on, Hold on a second. I got it. Do it. I already did it. Ah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look at that. Ah, there you go. Well, That's Adam's younger brother. <laughs> you guys have been fooled all these years. You thought that was a fucking real beard this whole time? I can't believe it. All you fools out there. Right? Thinking you're trying to be cool. <laughs> Beards are so last fucking decade. Come on, guys. I know. Now I got to. Come I, on now. I was proud because mine was starting to get long, like, like yours. And like, no, oh. no, I'm out of date. I, actually, I'm going to have to tell you one thing, quite honestly. Huh. For, there was one person who pushed me over the edge. I was thinking about this. <laughs> My kid wanted me to do it. I did it like four years ago, so I decided. But Yair, Yair Veldman. <laughs> yes, Mr. Yair. Many of you out there know him. His beard is so fucking rank right now. It looks so bad that I was like, it's gone. Like, Booyah. <laughs> Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. I am Adam Dunn. I'm not Kermit the Frog. I know I look like Kermit the Frog. I know I have no chin. I'm going to hear all sorts of crazy shit. When did the beard come off? What? You missed out. It's right here. Wait, where is it? It's right here. Here's the beard. You guys are missing out. Come on. All right, I'll put it back. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yo, we got some music Who's in the background. Who's playing music? Too. Yeah. Anyone? Oh, I think it was me. It was you. Jesus. Yeah. What are you listening to Shaggy over there for? <laughs> um, I, I think I had my Instagram feed on. Interesting. And somebody's feed was running. But, yeah. Yes, I look like Kermit. I told you, guy. I, I told you I look like Kermit. <laughs> Nobody tells me I look like Kermit. I tell everyone. I don't, I don't know why everyone believes that you are actually wearing your beard as a mask when you both know, we all know, that you lost a bet. And you had to wear your pubes as a mask. Oh. So, <laughs> just admit it. Come on. Admit it. Admit Come it. on. Well, anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm still me. Now there's hair everywhere, but uh, and I guess we've already got got our first guest. Which I, I I'm sorry, I did not put you in the original lineup. I did change it after the fact. But Dave, Dave has promised you a couple times. And so I don't, you know, Dave is like the little boy who cried wolf now. So I'm like, yeah, sure. He ain't coming on the show. But if you did notice, I did add in the depression mentality into the ad. So did you notice, did you, did you, were you feeling that? Uh, I'm a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, let's introduce let's, Jonathan. Say, That's Jonathan Rubin from exactly. from Cannabis Benchmarks and Hemp Benchmarks. Let's hear um, about it. I've known Jonathan like 20 years. We go back yeah. from to energy consulting and energy data back when we worked for Platts McGraw Hill, which was FT Energy, which was uh what else were we? We were a couple of we Standard Boars. Standard Boars. We were a lot of different names, but Jonathan built a price reporting database similar to the way stocks are reported every day. He has stringers that 
well, you'll, you'll tell your story, but sure. I, I think it's awesome. We, that you're we doing go back it, and, uh, it was, it was a necessary, I don't, I don't know if you have any competition right now, but you've become the sort of the benchmark, boom, 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 pun intended, yeah, of, right. of oh. price reporting. God damn it. Sorry. You can tell Jonathan, our production value is just incredibly high. Hey, so, uh, uh, well, when I, when I tell you my, my Zoom bomb story is, is if we don't get bombed, then what I... What do you mean Zoom bombed? I can tell you your your production is better than than what don't I don't give. Wait a minute, you're gonna give some of Adam's fans ideas. Oh yeah, and on Zoom, well, they're lubing up hey, as we speak. They're all lubing up as we, we speak. I can hear them. We, <laughs> you can give them as many ideas as you want, uh, but if you've got if you got them gated, you'll you'll control. So well, we have our update. master. What's we, the... we have our master gate master over here. He will not let anybody in here. <laughs> oh yeah. See, uh, no. Now you're throwing the oh. white gauntlet out. Now oh, it's, so now it's I, like a I, challenge. Yeah. Well, I wanted. I want to first. I want to thank you guys so much for in, uh, inviting me to the to the show. Happy to um, uh, be with you today, and you know, uh, explore the markets, talk about what's on people's minds. Mm -hmm. um, again, I'm Jonathan Rubin. I've, I'm a 30 year commodity guy, and uh, as as uh, as young as we look, Dave and I've been we've known each other 20 years. Uh, as he mentioned, we we work together at a it's, it's a uh, a price commodity pricing business. Now it's part of S and P Standard and Poor's, and we were on the analytics side, and uh, and focusing on commodity prices. And circa two thousand, and that that was back around 2000, 2004 frame when we, yep. we two thousand two thousand four early early two thousands when we started uh, working together, looking at uh, wholesale energy prices, and. Just, just like any farmer uh, or, or, or producer of a commodity, they need to know what the wholesale prices are. They want to make sure that they, you know, produce at a low enough price to have a margin. And uh, flash forward, so the energy markets were kind of getting a little stale, and and Dave and I were talking in the uh, kind of the 2012 time frame, as everything was breaking in Colorado and Oregon and Washington, and he had already been in the industry for years and. He invited me. He said, come on over, brother. This is a great industry and it needs some professionalism. And look, not Mark, uh, don't want to be disrespectful to all the people. Who <laughs> oh, no, we know the industry is full of buffoons. I mean, yeah, but, 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 but me, also, Adam knows them all. And we, but, but, but I, I, for myself, also, I want to host on my show. I stand on the shoulders <laughs> that I stand on the shoulders of, of people like Dave and, and because uh, without you guys, uh, trail. <laughs> breaking the path for us uh it would have All been right, a more enough enough butt kick butt kissing. Yeah, exactly tell us so, about hemp benchmarks sure. and how people how you track prices how somebody can can understand what the price is today and predict what it's going to be tomorrow so we can all make a gazillion dollars sure sure so look so we've got two divisions we've got uh cannabis benchmarks cannabisbenchmarks.com and hemp benchmarks and uh, which can be found at hempbenchmarks.com and both divisions and as you guys know the farmers are a bit different uh they both, both divisions do the same thing we uh, have developed extensive networks across the country with uh, farmers processors retailers dispensaries consumer packaged goods right and anyone who is a wholesale buyer or seller uh we invite them to become part of our price contributor network uh, and they submit prices to us each week. And then we do statistical analysis. 
we make sure that our sample sizes are statistically significant. We eliminate the outliers. And then we start to do the statistical analysis of volume weighted averages, simple averages, high lows, midpoints, and then publish those along with analysis that describes not just which way prices are moving, but why are they moving in that direction? What are the underlying drivers of price change? So prices might be going up, but why are they going up? Are they going up because of more demand? Are they going up because uh, you know, 2,000 pounds were just put into quarantine because some pesticide? And so the demand's the same, but there's not as much supply. Well, the funny Maybe thing, I mean, the funny thing is, is like the cannabis market, like from the THC side, not from the, the hemp side, it's your services are the most important thing right now because farmers are so scared to get into this. This year is terrible. Like this year compared to last year, the amount of farmer, the amount of plants that went in the ground is definitely, if not half, I, I, there's hardly anybody uh, taking the risk, you know, because everybody knows uh, what are, how are you going to, how are we going to get it out of the ground? Like we can't bring in workers and there's like too many, too many uh, situations. But when it comes to THC, it's always been pretty obvious right now is always the highest price july is like <laughs> top dog you know what i mean if you can hold out till july that was pretty much your classic move you buy 100 pounds sit on it for a few months kill it in july and you know that's just the way it always rolled but now yeah. with the light depths it kind of changes a little bit there's a little like bump in the road there so like the light depths kind of kind of start rolling in how do you get the information on all of the because i mean you're obviously looking on the legal side but do you do you cover also the traditional market in any way shape or form or have you thought yeah. about that well so early like on so, so, so to, yeah so so we so we started collecting prices uh in, in 2000 end of 2014 into 2015 and started publishing in uh in april of, of 2015 and initially we were tracking the black market and we did uh, uh, mathematical correlations and we were able to show a very strong correlation between price movement of the black market and price movement of the legal market. Mm -hmm. And let's, let's just acknowledge it folks. It's, you know, the, the black market and the legal market are bi-directionally porous every day product that that's legal product, Ends up in. What? in You're talking about 80% of the California market exactly. winds up. Come on. So of course, 80% of the California market winds up getting shipped to the East right. Coast because so you, they you know, claim it, it was destroyed this afternoon. Exactly. Because it failed. So if you've got if you've got a, a a pond over here and a huge lake over here and there's a between them, they're flowing and that's what's going on. And so what we do is we we ask for uh, a breakout by uh, by the size. You know, it's a prepackaged, it's bulk. You know, it's a bunch of grams, eighths, ounces, or is it you know a two hundred pound deal? Uh, we do uh, we collect cultivation method indoor outdoor greenhouse, and so we do analytics around the different prices uh, by market. Uh, you know, for example, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, by uh, and by cultivation method. And also by market type, uh, uh, excuse me, recreational versus medicinal. So we did stop tracking. You guys have a lot of work on your plate. It's amazing. Like there's a lot, a lot more to cannabis these days than it used to be, right? It was like uh, it was a quite a simple, simple process. But now with with the uh, amount of skews you have to deal with, it's just kind of crazy. 
Yeah. Well, Gone look, are the know, days where it's a single page in the back of High Times with the High Times price report. Trans exactly. Trans high quotations, those are the best. <laughs> look, with the, the, the prices we sent out today, I mean, it, we, it was, I, I think it's about those, that, that whole trans high thing was so easily manipulable, though. <laughs> All he had to do was write in like four people, write in saying yep. there's some weed somewhere, and it's in there because they didn't get that. I mean, it was like pretty pretty funny because we, we tried to get in it all the time and send in like prices were like six hundred dollars for an ounce in syracuse new york just to see if we could get it to run mm-hmm. yeah well look i mean the black market folks they know they've got their their rule of thumb metrics right every every uh mountain range across is another 500 bucks a pound every major river is another 500 bucks a pound get over the rockies get over to the mississippi and uh you know ten flow north to south and east to west uh, excuse so me what's the prognosis for the industry what is what what are we looking at in the in the coming months for hemp well, i mean i know cannabis is the focus but what do you what do you see the hemp market doing because like well, adam said there were so many people who got into it last year and yeah. now no one's afraid everyone's afraid to leave their house yeah <laughs> you know well and 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 to get the the farmers are telling us that there's going to be issues with all the all the row crops yeah. uh including hemp because they just don't have the the labor pool. Uh, if they're if they're uh, if they're citizens and legal, uh, you know they're they're scared of COVID. And if they're illegal, you know migrant workers, they're not here either. So there's definitely concern amongst the farmers that we've spoken to about the ability to get the products out of the fields. Um, that said, uh, you know I think there's kind of a couple of key things we'll be looking for. And, and we're assessing it now. We don't have all the, the state data yet. Uh, some of the states are still lagging uh, in, in, in pro- providing the planted acreage uh, and, the, and the permitted acreage because the planted acreage is always about a third to a half what's actually permitted. Right. But what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you guesstimating around? Because like, it was about oh, we were low, over 150 last year was kind of where we were at. So, or bit, so, or... so, last, so last year there was uh, roughly – Roughly, almost three hundred thousand acres, about to seventy thousand acres that were permitted. Yeah, uh, about half of that was actually planted. That's what I was thinking. About one hundred fifty was actually. And planted. we, yeah, we, and we, we estimated that roughly a hundred thousand acres actually was successfully, uh, you know, seeded or cloned, planted, made it through the full harvest, and then was properly stored to be uh you know for for end use sale right. so there there were failures the entire length of the grow season and there were failures in the in the in the harvesting and the storage so it's it's just i mean it's it's it's, it's awful like do you do you what's worse do you losing the tripping out of the gate and losing at the beginning or making it to the end and like spraking you know no, pulling them i'd rather lose in the beginning after all these years i'm, I'm deaf it because, sucks it yeah. sucks to your it sucks to your ego but not to your wallet as much because at the end when you've realized like you still got to pay those people like all the labor you got to that point and if you don't you're you're pretty much shunned from your fucking community at that point like well, you you owe everybody now you owe right. everybody the fucking money right yeah i mean at the beginning of the of the grow season last year on hemp the the big complaints were uh, you know that that a lot of the feminized seeds were not were were, were not feminized. The Jack and the Beanstalk story. And, yeah, and 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 a lot of of a lot of the seeds that were believed to be THC compliant uh, produced hot hemp. Mm-hmm. So 
so they were troubled right at the outset. Uh, and then uh, there was just so much supply. Well, people, I mean, people are still I know we're going to talk about. I know we're going to talk about prices. Us. I know we're going to talk about prices during the uh, during the show. But yeah. I did hear like two days ago of three three fifty a liter for ninety percent distillate, which I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, have Whoa. we dropped so low that that's really? where we're at? The bar is set because that is some crazy numbers right there. That just that's that to me screams of failure all the way down the line. Like, there's no way anybody could ever come back from that. If that's the yeah. well, what's, yeah. what's the cost of production on something like that? Because I estimated it was close to about three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're well, definitely they might be breaking even if they're lucky on that. Yeah, if if that, but they're not breaking even when it comes to like probably if it's if it's a panic sale. There's nine hundred available. They need to take them all. You know that that's like a do or die situation or something. Because yeah, I'm sure you you must run across some crazy deals being in your position, right? Like it must be just- Well, not only do we run across crazy deals, but we just, we see a lot of fraudulent deals. Mm. Folks that will, uh, they'll, they'll send around a letter of credit and we've seen the, that same letter circulated by other folks. You know, uh, uh, is it like the well, COA can, that you get? Yeah, off I was gonna say, it's like the certificates of analysis. We'll, we'll see a certificate of analysis yeah. on some, and some, and and we've already seen that same certificate of analysis two or three times. Um, well, it's, it's, everyone goes right now. To, you can just go on to Google and Google COA, right. and then everyone just sits there and photoshops it and does it whatever. Yeah. But all, but also there's a lot of there's. I mean, I don't want to be careful about characterizing the whole industry, but but there are more bad players than we would want, and we've heard stories about uh, processors. Uh, and I'm not I'm not naming names. Uh, I want to I want to oh, please name names. Adam does it all the time. I want to be oh. here tomorrow with four limbs. Uh, but but processors that uh, imported CBD isolate from China, mm. you know, then synthetic process process somebody's biomass. And instead of giving them their CBD isolate, they they kept it for themselves and, and did white label products and sent them the, you know, the cheaper uh, CBD from China, and you can so, buy you can buy um, Chinese. We've heard all kinds of deals China, like that. Even three years ago, I could get Chinese uh, isolate for about, I think it was fifteen hundred a kilo, and that was yeah. three years ago. Yeah, and you could buy a hundred thousand at a time, and they were sitting up in warehouses in Canada. And I was just like, oh yeah, you need a million. How many you need? A million, half a million, and just boop, 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 boop. And so I I knew it was only a, you know because that's the thing about the cannabis industry across the board is there's always been people who see a, a wide open angle where they can just kind of manipulate but because they don't care and then there's always been people who care and you really have to focus on those people because they're the ones yeah. you know it, it's with hemp too same with all of it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. It's, it's still the wild west and what's interesting is you there are some states a few states that don't have uh any type of program almost all of them do but but some of the states are still operating under the 2014 uh, farm bill, which has the different THC standard you know, than those under the 2018 farm bill, which has the total THC standard. Now, come October, a lot of those 2014 states are going to have to be compliant with the with the total THC delta plus uh, the you know yeah, which, uh, which is 80 percent of them knocked out of the gate right out, maybe more than 80 percent right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. So that's going well, to. Are so you hearing, Jonathan, weird. any any movement on them possibly changing it again to allow for finished after refinement, meaning they don't give a shit if you're hot, as long as when you do your processing, it's 
either the THC is mitigated? Well, what we, we've heard a lot of market participants make that you know argument, and and we agree. Like, why would like you you a, a producer of bourbon uh, or, or some type of whiskey? You know, they have cask strength, but but it's not illegal to produce that. It's then they you know then they break it down to like forty percent, you know, eighty proof, forty percent alcohol, and you know why should the farmer? Be the one that has to worry about the THC potency when it's when it's going to end up getting. Well, that's also, that's a great water. analogy, by the way. The cast. Right? I'm going to use that one, by the way. Yeah, I'm so, not going to give so, you any credit so, for it. So you know, we 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 think that is a um, a flaw in the final in the interim final rulemaking. We are hopeful that they'll come back and change that yeah. because it it just seems it's an untenable constraint that they put on the farmers. And the farmers aren't the ones that deliver the final product, right? I mean, if they're selling flour, okay, maybe then you put that part on the on them. But if it's going to be processed, who exactly. cares? Exactly. No, and what the potency is for crude for crude hemp oil? Or I hope you know, I hope that I hope that the industry sort of matures to the point where it realizes like one percent is the new ratio, and that's what it should be because all the all the equatorial countries that can't produce like that low they're just they're those plants no matter what are always kind of ramping up you know what i mean so you end up yeah. and if and if you want to get on the global market and and that whole point three was a european standard that had no back had no real reason behind it it was just a number thrown out there and it was like again if it was 100 percent thc it's still not dangerous you know what i mean that's the funny part about it it's like huh what percentage of THC does this stuff become dangerous? Because as far as I'm concerned, there is no, I mean, we're smoking 80, 90% THC right. have no, pro, right. have less of an issue than if we smoke a bunch of swag. Cause now we're having to smoke more just volume. Right. So no, if yeah. a ton of it falls and, on your and, head, and, it's and, a fucking by, danger. That's by it. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Triple your, your, your mercy in content. And, 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 and it's like your THC potency impact is like three times as high. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we're talking, you know, whole plant medicine, uh, well, just the folks, everything about it, though, the, quality, the quality across the board of all the hemp would become better just by the fact that you allowed these higher THC because of yeah. the the difference between having to keep everything at below 0.3 and having that point through that was that seven tenths of a percent all that to work with. Holy shit, we would have so many more terps, so yeah. many more flavor, you know, just so many more combinations. I'd be like, now we could work with these because we, you know, and the cost, yeah. Yeah. the cost of doing business within that regulation, regulatory framework is huge. It's yeah. terrible. You're paying yeah. compliance team. You're yeah. doing regular testing. You're keeping labs in business. It's yeah. you're, I agree. It's absolutely ridiculous number. It's like the 48th parallel or 30, yeah. you know, 38. <laughs> it, it just, they, it just it, somebody it's picked it up out of their ass. It's a made-up number. Yeah. It's, it's literally it, a made-up number. It's completely. It's completely arbitrary. Yeah. Completely. I mean, none of us are going to start smoking one percent THC shit. Right? Oh, dude, this shit's fire, bro. It's like, no, we're not. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. I, 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 I will say, I will say, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a medical patient here in Connecticut, uh, I, I have tried a uh, a one percent THC. 24%, I believe, CBD. Mm -hmm. And it was an excellent product. It's a, uh, you know, a great uh, Saturday morning, Sunday morning uh, before you make the omelets for the kids. Um, and I've actually recently tried a, uh, uh, a, 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 a flower that was 7% uh, THC 
and 15% CPD. And I, I thought it was, those were both excellent. They're both excellent. Yeah. yeah the, those listen, strains like that. Yeah. That's what you want is those, yeah. I mean, a one-to-one -one is even better because it's like, wow, yeah. this shit really works. And it could be like a seven and a six, you know what I mean? So it only yeah. equals 15% total. And you're like, what? That's nothing. And it's like, no, I'm telling you, yeah. just the weird balances. Like when he gets to those, those close to each other ones, they, they end up being really fucking interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but just I, I, I definitely, and so, so it's not just the, the THC, okay. but it also, and you guys know. Now I have a question for you because. About the, about the terpenes, because. My mind, uh, 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 the paradigm shift for me, I was in Las Vegas about three years ago and I, I got some, uh, some Kong, the, the, the strain Kong, and, and, it was, and it was like 14% THC and everything else in the store was over 20 and, and the Mercy percent was very high. I don't remember exactly what it was, but that kicked my ass. It was, uh, so, so I, I'm, I'm definitely into all, you know, full plant medicine, full plant recreation and uh, learning more about the terpenes and the flavonoids. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's key for any consumer is to educate well, them. Yeah. Well, we have like, it's like we have, you know, diamonds here and it's funny because we have separated diamonds and we have diamonds with the sauce. Always go back to, I'd rather have it just be terp heavy all the time because that should just yeah. take, even for me, Cannabis always gets me higher than oil does anyway. Sorry. I mean, sorry, 710. Sorry, oil guys. But, <laughs> but really, it's just sort of like that whole effect you get. Like, basically, I lose my keys way more with weed than I do with yeah, dabs. Yeah. Dabs, I never lose nothing. Like, Good point. Except for my dab shit. Like, yeah, I always forget. Yeah, I oh, I forgot tiles. the fucking torch. Because you need a whole kit for it. Because right? you have too many things to deal with. <laughs> no. But with weed, you have nothing to deal with, and you still fucking lose your key. Like, you have nothing in your hands. You have nothing to carry. But you manage to lose the shit that was just right in your fucking, like, oh, you know, <laughs> or your glasses are on your head or whatever. That yeah. kind of shit doesn't happen with dabs as much as you don't get that stupefying kind of thing. Okay, so this is what I wanted to ask you. Because my number one thing that, that I tell people that are interested in getting into hemp, I'm like, right now, if I were you, I would treat it like weed. I would only grow smokable flour because that's the only thing that I see making money right now, yeah. hand over fist. What do, you, do you agree on that? Or what do you think in the hemp market? What's the best way for people if they want to jump into this industry? Well, I, look, I'm, I, I'm, I, we are, uh, we assess the current and you were very cautious about making recommendations around equities, financial instruments. Were, were, there, were there to help other people make those decisions? But in terms of some of the trends that I think are important for uh, farmers and investors in the hemp side to consider is uh, uh, one is how will the ratio of CBD hemp to, uh, to, to um, industrial hemp change this year versus last year so so certainly you know how much is planted this year versus how much was planted last last year we think there will be fewer farmers uh, but the existing farmers may grow more uh there last year there was only about less than 10 significantly less than 10 i don't 10 percent was industrial fiber you know for industrial fiber we still yeah. need the structure for that processing but that a lot of that's coming online so I think there might be op better opportunities for those that are growing fiber versus for CBD. Yeah, how uh, you, much for you said 10%, you think, for fiber? I don't even know. Last year, was it wasn't even 10%. No, I was going to say, I wouldn't even think it's That's the funny thing is right. I don't, uh, as far as the way to describe hemp, I think you have to kind of, um, you have to call hemp 
like like all the CBD stuff, and you have to call industrial hemp, the fiber hemp that doesn't really yeah. exist in America yet in any kind of numbers that are that it should be. Yeah. But I feel like to me that's that's that is the other side. I'm like it's it's either got to be smokable flour treated like cannabis. Yeah. Or just say, fuck it, and skip over all that other stuff. Don't even think about getting into the CBD game, because that ain't even worth getting into, and go straight into fiber, but grow 10,000 plus acres. That's that's what I feel like. And and the key is, though, what the fuck do you do with all that? Do you have, like, where do you process and, and, it? And, that, and do, will you be able to get the harvesting equipment? Will you be able to get the baling equipment? Will you be able to get the drying equipment? Are you going to be doing mechanically... You know, mechanical you drying, to. you have to hang drying. You're you're not going to grow even uh, even a thousand acres and think you're going to you know or, or five hundred acres and and you know hang it in barns. It's just not going to happen. No, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. You have to treat it like fiber hemp and and bale yeah. it and yeah. do exactly what you're talking. Like that's the only way you could do it. There's no possible yeah. way to. It's either craft and small or gigantic and that whole in between commercial is, scale think, and i think yeah. in between is where all the people are fighting over like that's where the 300 leaders are are ending up you know what i mean like oh yeah. no all this work and and there's a there's it, 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 this is my opinion uh, uh that cbd in many ways has been the cannabinoid flavor of the month right so I, I think CBG flour will will uh, be in higher demand this year than it was last year, and CBG flour will command a higher price than CBG flour. But you know, so next Dave, year it could be something else. Dave, is that you? Uh, my my fucking computer just keeps ignoring oh, me. Oh, ignore you? I can't ignore you. Turn them off. Ignore mute me when that, that happens, motherfucker. My, mute, mute me. I I tried to pull up the chat window and it keeps opening up the the YouTube window. Are you trying to blame Tony Baloney? Is that what you're trying to say? No, okay, I, I'm, I'm checking I'm the fact that I'm over 50 and I don't know electronics. What? You're over 50? I sure am. Shit, that means I am too. Yep. Hey, can you believe I'm older than Dave? Is that, is that, is that shocking? Is that <laughs> shock? How shocking is that? Your pubes are older than me. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. That must be one of your favorite words. You've said it twice already. Well, I just like the fact that Adam shaved his pubes and got everybody to believe it was actually his beard. When he had shaved his beard, it all went down the drain. And he's like, shit, oh, I missed the opportunity to, to make the mask. The stories wow. this guy makes so, up. Wow. Put, put, put it in a Ziploc for the kids. I, I saw the time lapse of it, DJC. Yeah. I know. I'm just fucking with yeah, he has another one right here that he's about to pull I got, down. I got my old beard. Uh -oh. Here's my old beard, right? Here's my old beard. Oh, here we go. That ah, sweet. So, oh. so that is the... Oops, let me see this way. Yeah. This is the original shadow box beard. Here, I'll show you on this one. Oh, yeah, here we go. Go Wait. to the... The, the darker cam there. There, this one? You're actually right. saving it. Holy uh -huh. shit. That's my first one. <laughs> actually, I missed up. There, you missed there you go. It? There you go. Yeah, try it again. Oh, that one. It. Okay, this one. Here we go, kids. So there's... That's the original that's beard. That's the original OG beard right there. I gave it to the kid when he was four. And then... Uh, yeah, lost, lost my other beard already. Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, this is the 2020 version because of the mask so it's it goes with the, that's the idea so he can actually well, show him the back how you actually have a mask filter for it oh yeah there's a whole mask <laughs> it's, it's n95 it's proper it's got the valve and everything on. i'm not looking around bro he ain't looking around no looking so a uh, question for you guys as, as as consumers um you know one of the things that surprised us over the last few months is we thought that we would see a decrease in the demand for 
flour, you know, concentrates, anything smokable. We thought we'd see a uptick in edibles and, uh, and uh, you know, tinctures just because of COVID that people were more sensitive. We, didn't, we haven't seen that. Uh, maybe a little bit on the margin, but, but uh, you know, people are continuing to buy what they've always bought and what they want to buy. We haven't really seen uh, a, a shift in the, in the mix that we that we kind of thought we would see. Yeah, I think that, I think with the edibles, with the edibles, the whole thing about it is like if you get used to edibles, that means you're actually consuming quite a lot more cannabis for your body than you normally would with with smoking. And just some people just I mean it just catches up to them after a while. They're just like I slept all week, <laughs> like you know what I mean. So it's just not as productive, and I think, and so people tend to, you know, be a little bit easier to be able to uh, gauge everything with smoking. And plus, it's just like we're so bored right now. That's why the smoking is such a ritual. There's more to it. Yeah. Like eating it, you eat it, and then what? You sit around and do nothing. Like at least yeah. with smoking, you got there's something to do. You know, oh, I just finished that. But even now, I'll do another yeah, one. You know? <laughs> but, but even now, that social aspect of of, of passing the the, the joint has mm-hmm. you know has been killed. And I've got a friend locally here, and we've been going on walks together. And we stay. He stays on one side of the road, and he stays on the other side of the road. And we each have our joint. But you know, it's like it's so weird. Want to share it, but you can't. And we were joking about this before, you know, it all began. How because we were still planning on going to Europe, so it was like, you know, puff puff, don't pass, you know. <laughs> and then it's like, what are you going to do when you just cough from the joint? Everyone's going to think you're sick, and oh, uh, and and so, it. I got off smoking for like I want to say the first six weeks. I didn't smoke any flour. I was I was trying just to eat edibles and not, and then. I just went back into my routine and smoking a lot of flour. And believe me, the French study about the certain strains of cannabis reducing inflammation in COVID patients and potentially, you know, getting them past the hump. It was another one, you know, but I, I understand putting any smoke in your lungs can't be good. Yeah. Um, if you're on, sick, of course it's good. but having the it just doesn't taste like anything. That's the problem. The biggest problem with smoking when you're sick is it doesn't taste like anything. It sucks. Right. You're like, this sucks. There's no terps. But I didn't sleep the whole week, Adam. I just couldn't tell you what day of the week it was. No, you, you were know? I mean, I, you were useless. I was eating a lot of fun. <laughs> I still am. I'm eating way too many Incredibles right now because they're so good and they they work. You know, so it. I have. You're right. You, you're ma- now you're making me like second guess my whole thing. Done. I uh, have how That's much I'm cannabis here. I'm putting I'm in my here. body hey. right now. I'm here to Variety get you is the spice of life, right? Yeah. Well, I've gone through so many of these. So how do people? So, uh, so let's get back to let's let's keep on hemp. Let's get sure. on the hemp benchmarks and yeah, yeah. So how many how many people are are on board now with you guys? Like, these well, so we have uh, we have several hundred subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've got uh, yeah several several hundreds <laughs> to our to our premium uh, hemp report. Then we've got roughly ten thousand uh, uh, that are on our uh, weekly distribution list. We do every Wednesday. We publish a uh, hemp market insider uh, with some insights in that around the wholesale markets. So mm-hmm. I think a, a key function and and uh, Dave may have mentioned this at the beginning is that we are focused on wholesale prices, right? So you've got on the cannabis side, maybe they're starting to look at the hemp side. You've got like the headsets of the world and uh, BDS analytics 
And, uh, you know, we admire the work they do. They, they're kind of point of sale retail. We're, yeah. we're, you know, fully focused on, on the wholesale prices. Which What's is- a subscription to your service cost a month? So it, so it's a, it, the monthly fee is, uh, is $150 and, uh, and we go Wait, $150 for each, for both. Oh, uh, no, no. Well, on the, on the cannabis side, it's a hundred dollars a month on the hemp side, it's 150, but for, for those who are buyers, wholesale buyers and sellers that want to become price contributors, we give a 50% off. And if they're regular kind of like power contributors, because you got to recognize there's mom and pops, they'll, they'll give us, you know, Hey, here's, here's, here's the price that we sold 25 sold a pound last week. Yeah, exactly. And then three months later, you know, they'll give a few more prices, but those that are so- moving lots of volume, we'll do custom analytics, uh, volume discount curves, you know, wh- what's the average discount from a hundred pounds to 200 pounds. Um, so what does the, uh, the listener, the viewer of the Adam Dunn show, because we have something called the Dunn Deal. This is it. Where Finally his moment to shine. That set up discounts. You know, sure. we have we have lighting sponsors, we have seed companies, coffee, cannabis, and they enter the Dunn Deal in the promo code at the end, and they usually get a twenty percent discount. So, I'll tell you if, what. Uh, here's what we'll do. I I I was not. Uh, uh, prepared for I put the, them on the spot. You did that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Well, yeah. That's fantastic. What we'll do is we'll follow up after the show. We'll get a, a, a an Adam Dunn show discount code, mm-hmm. and we'll offer fifteen percent off for. That is so great that our fans will get twenty percent off. Fifteen percent marks. Fifteen. Seventeen point five percent. So that eighteen percent discount is really going to work out. Is this how negotiations work? This is how it goes. Mark, shut up. Um, Seriously, we, uh, you know, we. Fifteen percent is great. uh, (laughs) Yeah, and and look, we 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 people that are again that are price contributors get half off, and we do custom analytics and. We really believe we have no position in the plant. In other words, we don't have investments in in any any farms, any processors, any brands. We don't care which way the price goes. We don't care up oh, down. Here we go. So wait, we but just wait, want to make no, sure just, that we get you just reminded valid me of a great prices. subject. You just reminded me of a great subject that I thought of when I knew you were going to be on the show, just because we were, we all heard about it and we want to know how the fuck. Did Dan Bazarian lose $67 million last year on his fucking company? <laughs> how the fuck? I mean, obviously, we know how he did it. MJ Biz is only reporting a $50 million loss. If you have we know 67, he's a tool it's and even he's funnier. Gives, overpays these girls to do nothing. But $67 million, dude, come on. Uh, I mean, shit? there's a lot of money. I mean, look, I mean, did you guys follow that acreage deal? Uh, oh, what? Who is that? Acreage? Did I follow the acreage deal? Why would I, why would I be paying attention? Dave to might have noticed. He may have noticed a fifteen, well, a fifteen million dollar, a three month, three or four month, fifteen million dollar bridge loan at sixty percent interest. That's three. Listen, Kevin Murphy is a man of incredible, impeccable integrity, and you know he's just everything the industry needs. He just he always has. He's altruistic, omniscient, omnipotent, and he's just always looking out for his common man. So. Sorry, you, you, you I, I will not pick. Them. I will not pick on people, but I will pick on behavior. Uh, uh, wait, let me ask a question. Oh, so, he's a douche, dude. Don't worry about it. You can pick on that yeah. fucking douchebag all day long. I can give a fuck. Yeah. Hey, listen, he's got no money to sue us now, so it's all good. I, That's right. He has some bucks he has to sue us. Don't we have subscribers. We have subscribers across the spectrum of, and we love them all. 
And so I don't want to be. Uh, Can I bring up something though, Jonathan? Any of I our think... any of our subscribers, we we appreciate everyone's business. Listen, no, no. Let me bring some up here. I think you, you sure. we might have discovered. Yep. a metric that you can track on cannabis benchmarks because the audience that you're speaking to right now, I would say are predominantly in the breeding and genetic side of the cannabis mm -hmm. space. So maybe it's an opportunity right now to add a metric on commercial seed production regarding the growing of high THC cannabis, different strains, how different strains sell over the, you know, right Give now. Give this guy some wants... more work. He needs more things <laughs> yeah. to actually analyze. Well, he but think of all the subscribers you would yeah. bring on. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a huge set. I mean, the breeding side of this industry is is the foundation. That, I mean, come on. It's the building blocks yeah. for everything We've... that we eventually buy in a, in a dispensary. Yeah. You guys yeah, have absolutely. seeds. I mean, you guys do seeds in the whole hemp side, obviously. And that, that has been, yeah. that has also been really interesting for me just to watch because that whole thing was out of control. And, and you'd look at all other agricultural oh. things and you'd be like, okay, that's $6 a pound. That's $8 a pound. These are $30,000 a pound. You know what I mean? And it was just like, people were like, okay. Oh, and then yeah. everybody's trying to get in, growing them, not understanding like even how to fucking, how genetics work and like, basically creating all these fucked up that's why you have all these high like these things yeah. running hot and all these problem plants out there so yeah we haven't been we have not been we've done some superficial reporting on seeds on the on the cannabis side marijuana side on the hemp side we, we do ex ex extensive reporting on on the seeds i'll just drop a few prices for you i mean uh the industrial seeds we just uh, published our our june hemp benchmarks uh, the industrial seeds are going for three dollars and twenty eight cents a pound. Um, CBD seeds, non feminized, are going for three hundred. Uh, coincidentally, three hundred and twenty eight dollars per pound. So three dollars, three dollars and twenty eight cents per pound for industrial seeds versus three hundred and twenty eight dollars per pound for CBD, non feminized, feminized. Still very cheap. I mean, that's yeah, feminized are forty eight cents. Proceed, and oh, then non-feminist. Sorry, you said non-feminist. That's yeah, what it was. Okay, yeah, that's why they're so cheap. But the fem, yeah, the feminizer are about fifty cents a seed, okay. and then the CBG seeds are uh, almost a dollar a seed, ninety-four cents a seed. Still holding in strong. We're giving you the, we're well, giving yeah, you the but CBGs were going for two bucks. You know, so everything, you know, it's it's obviously quite predictable. Things are half every, you know, every six months or a year, or whatever. But um, What's the, what, what have you seen? Because it, I think the key right now in the whole, everybody's was CBD heavy and then they're CBG heavy. What's the next minor cannabinoid that's on coming around the bend? Have you got any insight? Have you heard? Anything? I, I mean, I think it's, I think CBG is going to continue to blow out. I don't know enough about CBN to, 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 to kind of rattle off benefits I yet. I don't think you're going to, people are going to grow CBN as much as just produce it post, yeah. pro, post production yeah, because that's a whole process. That's a distant process that could be, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I, Frank, frankly, I, I hope we, again, this is personal perspective based on the clinical research I've read. I'm just a big fan of the, of, of whole plants. I just I, I I don't like the idea of I, I mean fractioning of different things. Yeah. The, the market the market wants isolate. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, you, you deliver what the market wants. That's why we price it. But as a as a patient, I prefer full plant medicine. Uh, there's there's too many magical things happening in these plants mm -hmm. 
and you can't just tease them apart and then expect the same benefit. No, I fully agree. It's like the uh, people don't get it. Like you, to, you, you that's what, that's what I was saying earlier about dabs. Like dabs don't really do, get you that high because you're really only like tickling certain one little piece of the pie instead of the whole pie. You know, I mean, you're not going in and just mixing it all up. Whereas you just kind of like, oh, I'll just massage this one spot. But yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's uh, good to hear. I, I, I mean, so, have you seen have you seen anybody else coming up with the same? Like he was saying earlier, you don't really have much competition. But is is there? Because uh, I mean, interesting enough, uh, the people who the the, inter- the companies that I always find the most interesting were things like Weed Maps and mm-hmm. people that are like, how are these guys making money? And all of a sudden, one day they're worth you know fifty million or a hundred million. I mean, you guys are doing definitely a lot of work and putting a lot of. And, gaining a lot of knowledge and watching, you know, and at a certain point, you know, you guys could become uh, quite a big player, I would imagine. What Adam is saying is when is the Wall Street Journal yeah. going to add a price yeah. reporting section and incorporate your numbers? Yeah. yeah cause well, I, 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 I am, I am pleased to say that we've been, we've, we have been covered in the Wall Street Journal a few times. Uh, look, we are, we, we don't, consider this a green rush. What we consider this is a, a agricultural commodity class that will be here forever and will need the kind of, you know, decades long analysis to really understand it, to become a full commercial scale, global business with global transshipments. And our approach has never been, oh, we're going to get in, we're going to do this for three years, we're going to get out. Mm -hmm. I... I, my my objective here, and our objective as a, as a team, is to create a brand and a business that is here a hundred years from now. We we want to be the gold standard, the the, the benchmark of record. Mm-hmm. If you are a buyer or seller of cannabis or hemp, wholesale in any country, and you need to do a forward arrangement or a futures arrangement, how do you price it? How do you settle it? And who is the unbiased? Uh, independent source that you go to. And, you know, we used to, for the lay person, we used to compare ourselves to Kelly Blue Book, right? Mm-hmm. All, all are different, right? And, and you could take, you could line up 100 2012 Toyota Corollas that are exactly the same make and had the exact same value in 2012. And now you're going to have some distribution around some average price. Mm-hmm. And what we're showing you is what is that average price? What is that distribution? And then you can make your decision as the buyer or the seller. We started looking at the quality metrics years ago, and then we abandoned it because we said, you know what? Quality is in the, in the eye of the buyer and the seller. And, you know, yeah, they want bag appeal and top shelf placement at the dispensary, the retailer. But, you know, the farmer who sold it say, might say, hey, look, you know, we've got an incredible, you know, terpene profile or, uh, you know, it's all, it's organic and it's been grown sustainably. So you diff- how you define quality is different to different people. Yeah. And so, so we're, we're still looking uh, over time to get standards around quality. And uh, the, I don't know if you know, Kristen Nevidal at, at ICFA, she's a Humboldt's finest um, but the ICFA is the International Cannabis Farmers Association. Somewhere around, I think it was February of 20, I want to say February 2018, they floated a, introduced a very comprehensive um, uh, cannabis uh, sorting and, and grading rubric 
which it has been for two years now getting industry and peer reviewed. And uh, it's the best thing I've seen so far in terms of a, an organized, uh, uh, objective way to, to assign quality. And it looks at nug size and, again, every, all the elements through the whole harvest. Uh, was it sta- sustainable? Was it regenerative? Uh, what's the potencies, the profiles, flower structure? And they have about a hundred different metrics that ultimately then kind of come down to, okay, is it, you know, single A, double A, triple A. Uh, but these things take years to get peer reviewed and accepted and everybody's own approach and nobody wants an approach that has their product coming out, uh, you know, with a lower value. So, right. So you're going to end up with like the lab style things where it's like, I got 62% THC. You're like, what? Like, get the fuck out of here. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I just paid the guy 10 grand. I yeah. said, double it, just double it, triple, whatever. You know, now, and that has happened. You've, you've seen it, you know? So, and, you all, and, and, and look, you also see variation in price based on, on relationships, right? You, you may see, you may, there may be a product. Whoever gets the done deal gets a better price. Oh, it's exactly. Always, always, always. Exactly. You, you know, hassle-free quality delivery is always on time. The packaging's always fine. The labeling's always fine, right? So, so sometimes you're willing to give up a couple of percent because you've got a, you know, a customer intimacy that you want to maintain and that you appreciate. Yeah, I mean it's great because it's like, like I said earlier, it's a service that's totally required, especially in the hemp game because that's like needs to be legitified. Immediately, and I always thought the same. Like it was funny. I remember saying back in Amsterdam in the '90s, like, "Man, when weed becomes any, like just a commodity, like everything else, that's going to change everything." And it's it's already there technically because I mean every, it, but it's just the Fed situation that obviously makes it yeah. where we can't. Yeah. You know, there's no interstate commerce, so that kind of kills that whole yeah. uh, thing. So I guess once that goes, it will go federally in the next, eventually. In the right? Next. What are your we, thoughts on that, Jonathan? Well, see my thought, like my, my thought is, my, my, my thought is that repeal of prohibition ha- has been and continues to remain one administration away, right? It's always one administration away. And when we entered the sector, we said, we're going to uh, approach the, the cannabis and hemp in the U.S. and Canada and look at, and then globally as markets deregulate. And frankly, the patchwork approach the balkanized approach mm-hmm. of regulating marijuana in the United States is a huge barrier to any kind of commercial uh, trade in the industry versus you know hemp, which is now federally legal, and you've got a commercial trade happening and and you're starting to see you know trans shipments and international shipments. So what we can tell you is you know we launched cannabis benchmarks, you know, publications and assessments first. Uh, and yet we've seen more rapid growth in, uh, in, in an interest in our Canadian indices and our U.S. hemp indices because those are federally legal. Mm-hmm. And, and you, there's a lot of money and interest on the sidelines, institutional interest, uh, you know, et, et cetera, hedge fund interest. And they, they have to stay on the sidelines in many cases, because they don't want to run afoul of, 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 of banking and federal issues. And so, uh, you know, we're going to continue to serve all of the markets, but, but we, we recognize that the pace of the, the federally legal markets, the cannabis in, the, in Canada and, and hemp in the U.S., 
are growing much more rapidly and and taking on more of the characteristics of big scale you know commercial agriculture mm-hmm. and and they're going to need these these numbers not just for buying and selling physical product but you know for on your balance sheet right you, you have inventory how do you what's that value on your your balance sheet you have uh, crop insurance you get a, a loss how do they build an actuarial table mm-hmm. you know to set claim uh you know in canada you're required to have biological assets mark to market well who's who where are you getting your price you're going to use a black market price on your on your balance sheet no you need a independent third party so we're not just serving the physical you know buyer and seller <clears throat> serving all these financial uh accounting and legal uh, and regulatory players as well but the, that growth is really happening on the hemp side because of it's you know because it's federally legal yeah yeah and the hemp thing i mean the hemp thing pushed like everybody needs a COA, everybody needs this, and, and you know, and it was like, uh, it was funny to watch people who just got into it or like looking at you all can conf- like, especially when you come from the weed side where it's just like, dude, we don't deal with that bullshit. <laughs> like especially you know when it was underground tr- traditional market, there was no, yeah. you know, like the whole test thing didn't really impress us or it wasn't part of the sale, but it, it was mandatory when you're in the hemp side because of course everybody wants to stay uh, compliant, which is like the fucking worst word in the world in my opinion i hate the word compliant like when i hear the word compliant my skin crawls and i want to leave the room i'm like oh compliant oh this is like let's go this place sucks like (laughs) i I hate that you know but but i think you hit on something that's really fascinating that segments these two markets Mm -hmm. is that uh, uh a good portion of the you know cannabis marijuana farmers had came from the traditional market uh, you know, came through, through grew up generationally, uh, you know, doing this in the shadows. And so as they, 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 most of them have embraced legalization and want to see a flourishing legal market, but their focus, and this is not all of them, but the, uh, but many of the farmers that we worked with early on when we were developing our price contributor network, many of them were less concerned about wholesale price and where wholesale prices were going in terms of risk management and hedging and do you sell now versus sell later mm-hmm. their focus was on compliance and i hate to say the word adam but they focus on compliance they just they wanted to make sure that their that their license their yeah. permit were, were in order right. and so and their know, quality hedging. went downhill from that point yeah. on. <laughs> but, and that's, but, but, thanks but, to compliance, people grow shit weed now because they're worried about, yeah. you're all worried about so, being that's compliant. What I'm saying. And you're I think this was, and that's yeah. dramatically different because that uh, many hemp farmers come from a place where they've already institutionalized because they've grown other row crops, mm. they've already institutionalized financial instruments, the use of, of hedging, the use of more sophisticated methods so that if they have a bad season, they they have something to limit their downside. Yeah. Now, it's no, important no. that cannabis people are all or nothing. We're all or nothing. Yeah, it, yeah. Rolling on, it's like everything, baby, and then oh shit, we got fucked up the ass well, now, and now we start all over again. That's how it happens. But, That's but, part of the deal. But the all or the all or nothing. Yeah, side has its advantages when the when the all happens, right? Because when you hedge. Uh, it's important that anyone who, who doesn't really understand hedging needs to know you're limiting your downside, but you're also limiting your upside. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, of course. And you're giving, so, it, so you you're take, giving it away. You take this volatility, you say, all right, on the cannabis side, I'm willing to live with a huge amount of up and down swings. On the hemp side, you may say, all right, well, let's narrow it. I'm going to make sure that I've got a, a floor price that covers payroll and operations, but I'm going to limit my upside to, to some margin because I've insured and solidified yeah. that base level of, of cash flow needed for operations. Literally all the topics that I leave the room when the people start talking about it. <laughs> all in one <laughs> sentence. It was all there. It's like, oh yeah, compliance. <laughs> I'm out. I'll see you guys later. I'll tell me when you guys are starting <laughs> to grow weed again and I'll, I'll come back to the room. No, it's cool. I think it's, like we are saying before, it's super important. It's a lot of fucking, there's a lot of uh, data to be crunched. And yeah. it's weird how it changes too. Like there'll be new products in the next few years that all of a sudden change the game and, you know, make it, because I think when you go into the, now are you guys breaking it down when it comes to the, the legal market for THC products? Are you breaking down all the different concentrates since it's 710 and that's our thing? Um, because uh, there's so many kinds of concentrates, like and they're just every day right. another one. So how would you keep up, you know, in my opinion? Right. So, so right now we've, uh, so for a state like Colorado, we on on the cannabis side, marijuana side, we have uh, twelve price points. They're all flower related. So we've got um, uh, indoor, outdoor, greenhouse, the simple average, the volume weighted average, the aggregate of those, and then we have them all on the medical side, and then all on the recreational side. So we got twelve price points mm -hmm. uh, based on Colorado flower. Uh, in other markets, we've. It, uh, introduce new products. So, for example, we we we've been pricing trim in uh, in California. Now we collect way more data than we report on because in each instance we need a data set to be the sample size to be large enough that we know that it's statistically significant. Yeah. So we've been collecting prices on Colorado trim, on you know on Shatter on. In, in, in up in Northern California on, you know, fresh frozen. We've got a lot of information that we don't release yet. We might talk about it anecdotally or say, hey, we saw a range of this to that. But it, until those data sets are statistically relevant, we're, we're just not going to report it. Well, it's a huge swing too. Because it's like there's... Sure we have institutional grade research. Yeah, it's like, it would be interesting though because concentrates are, are uh, you know, some pretty big, price variances so like you could really because sometimes you'll see because there's so much going into it like it might take 10 pounds to produce you know one pound or even less yeah. of the of the final product and then even when you break those down into the i mean it really comes down to like like if you're a grower and you're really smoking your own like we all want to smoke the top three percent of our crop and the rest of it's like fuck it who cares it's like three percent <laughs> give me that top cream which is that's what concentrate world is about, you know, but we have to take that into account. And a lot of people don't do that. And, you know, uh, I think that would be a, another whole can of worms, obviously to deal with, but yeah, it would be yeah. interesting. Cause like, I was just wondering because there's so many variables within the different types well, of extract. Yeah. Okay. See, again, that's the challenge because to go into, into concentrates and oils, cause you need diamonds and oil, not 12 price they points. They need to be graded. Power. Right in flower, right? We just listed off twelve price points. Mm -hmm. We get into to concentrates and, and, and extracts, and we suddenly have a hundred categories. Right. And to get those hundred categories or all to statistical significance, yeah, maybe we could do it on a on a quarterly basis. Maybe we can do it on a monthly basis, but it's not going to happen on a weekly basis. Oh yeah, it's just transactions of data out there mm -hmm. for us to. Say. But that's if the market continues to move in that direction, 
then that's where our pricing is going to go. We've thought we, 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 we were all kind of blown away, uh, you know, three, four years ago as the edibles quickly took up like 30, 40, 50% of the market, but to, you can't price edibles mm-hmm. because the THC is the least quantity product in there. You know, what are you going to get into pricing sugar and starch and, and all the other ad- <laughs> chocolate, right? The price of chocolate chips. You've got 25 commodities that go into that product. Right. No, no. Makes, I mean, you got to think of it as a commodity basis yeah. thing. But I mean, I guess with, when it comes to oils and stuff, it's like, come, like it's easier with the hemp side because, of course, you're, you're talking about creating isolate, which is now that's a real single single product you know it's, it, it is what it is yeah. there's no other things going in after everything's been re- removed let's say at that point um so okay well that's that's all great so i mean uh where can we find where, where can people sign up can we as well wrap up and give where you- do they go get that 20 percent off on the yeah, deal right right so that 15 percent. so we will set up a 15 percent <laughs> coupon for all the viewers of the adam dunn show We'll get that to you uh, in short order. Um, in the meantime, if folks want to, you know, explore our websites, again, it's cannabisbenchmarks.com and hempbenchmarks.com. I think you're going to find some people that are going to want to contribute on the show too, because we got. And that, a listen, ton of we welcome all the price contributors. Yeah. The more, the more, the larger our sample, the 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 more we approach the actual price that's in the market, right? And that's what we're our our goal is to put our arms around as much of the pricing as possible. Like fantasy is a hundred percent of the prices, but that's just not realistic. Right. And uh, we'd actually we'd like to start to move into the, into working with some of the state regulators in terms of you know fair market value in in Nevada, average market. <clears throat> in Colorado because we've looked at the statistical methods they use and we, we, we know we can do better. We know we can do better. Uh, and, and, and so many of those state data sets I mean, Washington was notorious. Like the 501 data was just horrifying. Hmm. Um, you know, you see, you see, you see samples in there, gram samples that for, for a million dollars, you see things in there, 10 pounds for one penny. Cause it was a, giveaway so yeah those that's have a lot of have a lot are quite messy so no, i've actually i've actually literally i have used your website just to sort of like get people on track because i've had guys asking me like calling me up all nervous about the industry and i'm like here guys just join this yeah follow that and then later they contacted me and they, and they were just they were like literally like farmers from minnesota who yeah. you know just get this their first year in they're so nervous about everything yeah. and it, it definitely eased the the the, the, the number of, the, the bean counter guy you know what i mean that one guy yeah. in the corner was like oh finally stuff i can read and look and crunch numbers well that's, listen <laughs> if you're if, if you're a new farmer or you're a farmer that's expanding your operation or you're a buyer that's expanding your processing and your consumer package good and your brand mm-hmm. you go to your investor and you say show them your business plan and you show them your pro forma financials and you show them the assumptions and they look at your the the wholesale price that you're selling at or buying at and they challenge that assumption and you say, well, that's our, you know, thumb to the wind number mm-hmm. or we got last year. So that's what we're going to get this year. Mm-hmm. You know, investors are not going to buy that. And so what we provide is that independent, unbiased perspective. And so uh, I don't want to name, well, careful a- about name dropping, but like Canaccord Genuity, for example, is an underwriter for companies that go public. And mm-hmm. you know, when you look at their documents, you'll often see our prices, uh, 
you know, footnoted, cited, quoted. Um, and a lot of the debt and equity that's trading, uh, companies like Cowan and Company, it's a debt and equity research firm. You'll see there that they use our prices. So, you know, we are we're serving the whole value chain from physical markets to the financial markets. And again, our attitude is, you know, get that second opinion from from the expert that's that has no uh, uh, conflict of interest with which way the price is moving. That's what we are. We're we're, we're conflict, you know, conflict free in terms of our assessments. That's awesome. Well, thanks for your service to the nation, my friend. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, and keep up the great work. Yeah, no, it's good, and uh, we'll get you. Like, basically, we should just kind of have a little update from you anyway during just you know as things progress. Uh, we'll do a post-COVID update once the in seven years from now when this shit's over. How's that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we'll try to do something earlier than that. We'll, but, uh, well, no, well, I'm you, you in, that, in that case, Dave and I are going to be talking about being in our sixties. So let's yeah. let's come before that. Yeah, I, I think you can. You'll you'll you're going to wind up like when Bloomberg News goes to the, uh, you know, the commodity markets expert or the bond markets expert that used to be Dawn. You know, now it'll be you. You know, they'll yeah. they'll come up and say, hey, we need to find out what what's going on in Oklahoma hemp markets today. Yeah. Let's bring Jonathan Rubin on or somebody from Hemp yeah. Benchmarks and well, the camera will go on. If you if you have access to a Bloomberg terminal, you can search Canadian cannabis. We do have, uh, I believe, three indices on on Bloomberg terminal right now. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Good for you. Well, I'm, I'm glad glad it all worked out, Jonathan. And listen, I, I, I want to, Dave. I want to thank you again for uh, for 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 being a, an encouraging force in my life. And uh, and I gotta just, uh, you know, Adam probably knows this, but for those who don't, you know, if you need a connector in this industry, you need a facilitator. Uh, Dave is your guy. Nope. Uh, he's, They've watched him work. He's, They've watched him work on this show a lot. They know. Yes, they he, know he, Dave. He, he, <laughs> they know Dave he's works one, hard. He's one, de he's one degree. One degree of a done deal. He's going to get you a done deal no matter what, right, Dave? Dave? <laughs> right, Dave? I got it on my Chinese food last night. Did you? No, but you know, <laughs> tried. I, I gave her some bagels. <laughs> I got a discount. It's just a Dave Thank deal. you so much, Jonathan. You said it all, but I I, I agree with with Adam. There should be a, a monthly little check in for 15, yeah. 30 yeah. minutes where you come on because the the pricing of this market is going to. But you got to do determine. it like you got to do it like with a crazy graph. You got to have charts. You got to do charts. Wait, wait, hold on, hold oh, on. Hold on. Have Can I share my screen? Can I share my screen? I don't know. Uh, well, it depends okay. on what's on your screen. I don't know. We, do you really want to do that, dude? I don't know. Do you want, do you want like, some prices? <laughs> Show us. Show us. Just graph it up. Oh no! I've been. I've my the host has disabled it, oh, which no. was smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't want to well, see. Yeah, we don't want to like, see pictures of your schlong. Okay. Oh, don't, don't, yeah. um, Those are reserved for other people. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, but I I'll want. Give you a, I want it like that. The the crazy index guy on the show. You know, like one guy that does the thing with the the crazy hot crazy fucking chart. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Wait, are, you guys, are you guys? Uh, are you guys? Are you guys seeing uh, nothing? Uh, oh nothing. my God! Turn that screen. Oh my God! Did you see that? Wait. Just, that. Did you see wait, that? You see, was that wait, what I thought it was? See, do you see this? He's do you see this? Or no. 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 Dude, no? Way over your pay scale. It's you'll, okay. You'll send it next, to us time, next time, I want to see we'll charts. I want physical, like crayon charts, and behind you, I want. So, I want it to be. Yeah, that's what I want next time. Uh, you know what? You, you got it. I'm, I'm, I'm have, looking at it. I have a. Uh, make it my background. I have whatever uh, DJC sent me in the WhatsApp. There we go. Okay. Oh, never mind. There, there he goes. 
Booyah. Oh, look at this. I'm confused already. I'm already confused. You see, you see you're getting those prices? Looks like homework. Looks like homework. Yeah. Does that say compliance? I'm just kidding. I see the word compliance <laughs> in there. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> All right. All right. No, you I'm won't out. see it. On, this is, so I'll just, but before we, before I get kicked off the show here, I'll just show you. This was, uh, the, we published this, uh, I don't know, two or three hours ago. Wow. Who's that up there at the top on the out, indoor top of the list? Who's on the right chart? Yeah. What's that? And, Where's, and 35, so that who's that? Who's that? <laughs> 35 hundies. <laughs> Yeah, Alaska, Massachusetts. I mean, listen, holy shit! Listen, even in, even in Illinois, okay, right. The average came out. At, let's see, this week was uh, three thousand two hundred seventy-three dollars. That's per pound. You know, if you, if you need to think in grams, mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, that's uh, seven twenty-two a gram. Wait, go back down there again. Where California? So the way the California price is right there, then basically. Well, that's the, the aggregate price, thirteen fifty-eight. Yeah. So, so really, what that means is, is that the gray market outbids the the traditional market, and Absolutely. that's where the eighty percent of the crop goes. Yeah, because they, they don't have, have, the, they don't have the compliance costs. Right. <laughs> Said the word. But they also they also don't have the they also don't have the <laughs> label that they passed that they passed the uh, <clears throat> the 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 the, the the, the the heavy metals tests either but what you see here and this is i think do think this is fascinating is is the markets that uh, the largest markets that have outdoor uh that have outdoor and greenhouse you know they're clustered the indoor prices are clustered more closely to the to the greenhouse and outdoor pricing and because they, because, they, because yeah, the they have to and efficiency yeah yeah whereas you know these smaller medical only more highly regulated markets like connecticut we only have four growers you know we've got four there's only four four growers in connecticut you know and the price is always around 32 33 3400 wholesale uh but what again you're looking at the volume with is illinois we have we have plenty of transactions that are in the you know forty five hundred dollar forty six hundred dollar a pound range but they become you know if there's if they're really far out, become statistical outliers, uh, and if they're if they're not that outliers, and you know, they they pull the average up. But then I heard, there's I heard thirty two fifty for a pound, half a pound in New York for fucking super fire weed. People are paying yeah. up. To, so, I mean, <laughs> well, uh, so we don't sixty two sixty five hundred. Holy shit. New York is a vertically wow. integrated market, so we don't, you know, we don't have a price assessment for New York because it's a vertically integrated market. But you know, when those markets uh, are no longer vertically integrated or have at least some level of of, uh, of unbundling, uh, as we used to say in the energy business, uh, it's like you're working for see. Flow or something. He's unbundling on my show. You see that he was unbundling, <laughs> reverse but bundle. This, this, this is one of our most popular charts. But people love this because you get you get a quick visual. I like and, it. I like it. If you're a multi-state operator or you're thinking about becoming a multi-state operator, again, you know, you're going to say, all right, I've got my, 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 uh, all of my. I can't my believe Alaska is so off the chart. Books. Yeah. I mean, considering we've had, we've, they've had, considering they've down. had, a, considering they've literally been, they have literally the oldest cannabis market in the, in the, yeah. in America. Yeah. I mean, they were the first one. So you'd think that they, by this point, they'd, they don't seem like they have a, such a population. So they're, how can they? How can they keep the prices so high? But, oh, yeah. Wow. Crazy. Compliance wow. costs. Compliance. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the compliance. I'm telling you. Uh, we'll have you back in six months now, Jonathan. Sorry. <laughs> Our compliance officer says that uh, we can only have that at once every yeah. six months. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for the chart. That definitely Thank made, you, John. made it easy, yeah. to, easy to see that we are down. We are working way hard. Listen, Col it was next like Colorado, time you share your screen. Washington. Yeah. 
California, basically everybody in those four states or five states was working twice as hard or even more to get less at the end of the day because uh, it's like, Jesus Christ. See, that shows you why it's way better to invest money into the East Coast right now, I guess, if you want to get yeah. your money back quickly. Uh, listen, one of the growth, you were talking about hemp, one of the areas that everybody saw for growth was uh, uh, extraction capacity, okay? Last year, uh, $500 million was spent on, ex on extraction capacity, and those investors, vast majority of them, had no idea what the existing installed base was, and still to this day have no idea what the existing demand for extraction is. Mm -hmm. There are incredible places along the value chain in different markets to be successful, but you got to answer the basic questions. Right. What's supply and demand balance look like? If you can't answer what is that an equilibrium or which side need, which you know which side's out of whack? Do we need more supply or more demand? You can't answer the basic question. How could you possibly invest five hundred million dollars in it? Yeah, it's like uh, a, it's. I think it's always been. It's, it's always been. A, it's always been. Right at this point, uh, processing is the bottleneck. Regard like has you know because you can always outgrow everything. Like this is it's too easy to. It's not that it's easy to grow, but it's too easy to grow too much. Like like Oregon did. Would, yeah. That must have been the most obvious, like where that market just exploded so fast. They they don't have the, the population. Same problem. You know, Colorado doesn't have a huge population either. We have more tourists, maybe though, as far as yeah. you know. We were the first with out at the gate with Rex, so that kind of helped a little bit. It's a crazy market, but that's your job, twenty four seven. That's all you can live. You live the life, dude. You live to care about all the prices of weed. That's yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's a good. Uh, even even my little guy who just turned ten years old. Yeah, he's on it. Days ago, he he's knows. Like, he's like, Dad, buy more weed now. It's July. Dad, you need to start selling, Dad. Sell, sell, and sell, I tell sell. Him that's a conflict of interest. I can't buy it. Well, he can do it. You, you can be like, you can train him now. He's like, you're not doing it. Oh, it's my ten-year-old son who sells all 16, the weed. My sixteen-year-old hey. reads, reads all the all the industry rags. He's he, he's primed for the family business. Just don't <laughs> let him wear a suit like Dave wears, and he'll be fine. That's what I oh, let me just close out. I don't know if you can see. Again. I don't know if you can see. I don't know if you can see, and I don't know if you can see left to right. But I'm wearing my "We the People" hat. We the people. Weed the oh. people. We the people. Uh, yeah, you could. It could be weed the people. It should be weed just, the people. Yes. Weed. Is that left to right or right to left? No, it looks no, good. It's good. We see it. Right. All right. There you go. We the people. Weed oh. the sheeple. There you go. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, thanks for calling in. Thanks again, John. Thanks so much. Yep. Peace and love, folks. Peace. So, happy Friday. Happy 710. Don't forget 710, guys. Dude, we're supposed to be saying 710 every five seconds. That's what the show's 710. all about. 710. 710, 710. Woo! Let's talk about how lame 710 is now. 710 <laughs> used to be a great day. No, it's crazy how uh, things change so rapidly, right? Well, that's why his, no, this... his services are cool because he's, like, got to keep – I mean, that's another job I would never want to have. I would never want to crunch numbers all day about other things Ugh, and not be involved. What's the, he, he must be killing himself. Like, he could be yeah. making so much just like, hey, really? You're going to go for I, that? I think, I think <laughs> the plan is the exit. 
Yes. Right. They they plan on transact. Uh, hopefully, they would transact the company to some big data price reporting that already has a commodities division. Yeah, of course. And incorporate it that way. Right. So you know they're going to shoestring now, and then they'll they'll figure some exit out, and hopefully he'll remember who uh, urged him to create this product way back when. Cool. So let's talk seven ten now. Boom. Oh, tab time. The, when was the first time you realized that 710 was oil and you were like blown away and you're like, no way, bro. When was it? When it happened? Because <laughs> it was only a few years ago. It couldn't have been that long because none of us. Yeah, no, I think it was at one of the cannabis cups mm-hmm. when they, we still had them here in Colorado. <clears throat> Which cup? Which cup? It was like the, probably the last one, right? 2014 Oh, the disaster one, the big yeah. the hot one, the one everyone was passing out at, that one? Wasn't that the bad it last was one? Where the last one was the one was, at the um, 58th Street thing, right, where everyone was passing out in the sun. And you're talking about that one? <clears throat> my, I don't know. It was where I took my first dab. Well, let's you know, talk was, about that. Let's talk about your first yeah. dab. When oh, was your first actually dab? At, I can tell you my first dab, Nick too. Tannen. He had a little booth no, set up. Oh, Nick Tannen. Yep. Get I got to give him credit. Nick Tannen. Hold on. Hold on. Nick Tannen. That's a long ass drum thing. roll. Wow, that's so long. Hey, and then you're supposed to say, uh, "What's he say?" What's it? Well, he has a whole thing. Whoop, whoop. Oh yeah, whoop 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 whoop. Yeah. Whoop. There we go, yeah. Nick Tannen. Thank you. Sorry, Fuck. I had something that I had to just. Yep. <sighs> so I mean, this was back from. when Very he was today. still. Uh, you know, we found. I have uh, an even better one because he loves to. He loves to tell everybody who. Adam Dunn, I gave you your first dab. And I'm like, well, yeah, okay, you're the f- first dirty dab I guess I got off of him. <laughs> uh, Arkansas Sam. Famous, world famous. Arkansas Sam. Arkansas Sam. It was teeth, he has no teeth, so. Yeah. Arkansas Sam. He gave me some dirty dab in Amsterdam, uh, I think 2002, three or something. We also had the, the um, honeybees and stuff, so we were making oil back then, but... Nobody knew how to smoke it. That was the problem. That yeah, but just... couldn't we say that but, if you did a hot knife with hash, no, it was just, it was kind of no, the beginnings? No, no, no. That's not a dab. That's not temperature control. You have to consciously <laughs> know you're doing a dab. Like, it's hey, like hey, this is now. a dab. No, we did hot. Everybody, okay. Glowy squad, everybody, right? Glowy for Kobe. This whole everybody. Every if you see a photo of you doing a dab from five years, six years ago, or something like that, it's like. Already, you can see it's too hot in yeah. the photo. You're like, don't <laughs> yeah. do it. What are you doing? Oh, it's all bleh. some big, messy, sloppy mess of yep. unpurged bullshit. And we're still here. You see that? We're all here. My first dad was actually in a spoon pipe. They heated up a spoon pipe with a torch. What? I don't know what was happening. Yeah. No. And then, and then they got a fucking paper clip no. and put in this fucking oh. brown-ass oil. And then put uh. it on the spoon pipe, and then we hit it. It was hot. How hot was the spoon <laughs> Dude, pipe? I don't know. It was like red hot. It was. It was probably glowy. Yeah, like they, <laughs> they just burned like the bowl piece with the torch. Wow. And that's how that's like ghetto my, shit. Were yeah. you in jail? No, no, no. <laughs> Where were you? Are you familiar? <laughs> were you ever familiar with a podcast called Marijuana Radio? Oh yeah, down I, on that across on Sixth Avenue. Yeah. So uh, upstairs. Upstairs. Yep. Yeah. You. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Relateon and all those dudes were the first dab oh. I ever took, and that it was them that did that. That's hilarious. Because it was a headshop up there too, right? Yeah, was or it? something like, like that, right? Yeah. 
the thing below it was a head shop and it was yeah. above or something like that. I don't know. I was in a hip hop group named Made Fresh Daily and we did an interview there and they fucking dabbed us out before we went on. Wait, wait, wait. With yeah, a wait, dirty, wait. With you a were dirt. in a hip hop group? I was a DJ in a hip hop group. This was in a prior life, bro. He was, yeah, I was yeah. in a prior life, bro. Yeah, he of course you were. Back when he was in a hip hop group, they were crushing. They pulled up. <laughs> what were you driving? What were you driving? Oh. A little I, rider. I don't remember what I was driving back then, honestly. Oh, yeah. Monte Carlo? Cadillac. A, was it a Cadillac? No. You were in a hip-hop band driving a Cadillac. Okay, this is getting better already. He pulls up in his Cadillac, and he's like, his whole world changed. Escalade. He goes up the stairs. They throw down. What were you doing as a hip-hop group? We were up there to like promote your new yeah, tape. Yeah, we were, we were pr- promoting your Actually, new- I think we were promoting a mixtape. <laughs> I think we were promoting uh, a big show at Herman's and then uh, oh, of course at Herman's. And a mixtape. Where else would it yeah. be at? But Herman's Hideaway. Yeah, we played there all the time. Hey, we Adam Dunn's show has even been broadcast from there. Yeah. That's how yep. low of life this place is. You know, you know <laughs> the place is a trash dump when we have actually done our show out of the place. So, yeah. And he was doing a show with his hip-hop band. Yep. And he's smoking dirty Dabs brown out of a spoon dabs pipe. out of a spoon pipe. Wow, that's pretty bad. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I used to have a Fedor, which is a reverse so i was doing fedor okay so fade i actually hold on a second wait hmm. i will go get my fedor oh my goodness now dave has to fill all the time it's the dave show dave show, dave show. what dave the fuck show. Dave no dave show, show. Dave no, that show. means i have to pay attention dude dave come so on. you know something I, I never mentioned is that uh i i've known jonathan over 20 years and uh we actually have a mutual friend he went to high school with a departed deceased buddy of mine uh, who used to play keyboards in a band called Dark Star Orchestra, and it was his birthday on July 3rd. And uh, so, Scott Larned, if you're up there in the playing the big keyboard in the sky, man, we miss you, and uh, thank you for all the wonderful music. But uh, look who's here. It's Coach Allen. Coach, so listen, if it's fourth and long, do you throw the Hail Mary, or do you, do you take a knee and go to overtime? What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Ah, oh, there he is, Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy, what's going down? I was just showing off. I was just talking about our first dabs, so it's perfect time because we're talking about seven ten, talking about cool. our first dabs, and I was just remembering. Well, why is it Jeremy? It's Coach Allen. Coach, I think that's because I'm using um, my uh, my. I, I, is it? Uh, what's my my sister's husband to me? That's like something. That's I don't your know. brother-in-law. 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 Yeah, there you Jeremy. go. Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Using my brother-in-law's computer. <laughs> so there I was just explaining to them. I think, okay. So do you remember this thing, the Fedor? Do you remember this product? Oh, of course, yes. Okay. Yes. So this was made by Wicked Roots, mm-hmm. and they were out of LA, I think, right? Wicked Roots. Some, I think, somewhere in SoCal. Yeah, they were I, like. And personally, um, they came to the, they came to the cup. They came to the cup, and uh, this thing was the, like this was actually like kind of pre-dab dab thing. So basically, heats up red hot, and you would and I would take my six star or five star, this you know the best full melt that I have, and I would just kind of wave it over the top, and it would start to bubble. And then if you really after it kind of all the oils would be burned off, you kind of could tell it would stop bubbling, and if there was anything left, you could kind of just clean it out with the the red tip of the thing, and it was kind of yeah, it was like the pre. And so I made a bowl with a with an artist named Carl Termini, who's on Instagram as Carl Termini. Um, but he, I had him design a bowl for me that had no bottom to it, so it was just holes on the side. 
and I would put the hash at the bottom and I would push this down and heat it up. So in a way, it was kind of like a reverse fucking dab tool. I used to do that with a torch and the glass thing. Get the the glass wand really hot and then push it down with the hash. We're so creative us stoners, aren't we? It's it's part of the deal. But actually, um, so Jeremy, when I, uh, welcome to the show, first of all. Um, But I think in the very beginning when I first met you, um, uh, that was when I uh, picked up the swing, right? And that was like the first, and that's like technically for a lot of people, the first dab thing out there that kind of was innovative, you know, in a sense of non-dome related uh, buckets. So like the kind of the progression that that is like the historically accepted one is that you had people doing the butter knife technique where, um, you know, you'd leave it on the stove and you put your hash on one and then the other and you had like every Canadian, every Canadian pretty much. Right. Every fucking Canadian out there. That's, that's kind of widely accepted as like the first like version of like theoretical, anything you could say was very similar to a dab sublimated basically you know like yeah that's it's a, sublim- that's it's a sublimation process if you want to get it wasn't you know at that time you know as popular as it was amongst maybe people we knew it was very seldomly used well, first of all you need a stove you have to have to have to have a stove just handy <laughs> like right there and then you gotta have to have those then you have to fuck up two knives and you're gonna get in trouble the next day right, so right. so you have to dedicate those two knives and you have to wrap them up with some duct tape so you know that those are my knives don't fuck with my knives and then you're just like and then it, and you feel dirty every time you do it and it's mm-hmm. and it's dangerous as fuck because you're leaving a stove on because you're super high and people fall into the stoves and put their hands i've seen guys put their whole hand on a hot fucking thing because they're so <laughs> high and they, they lean back and they do the fucking <sighs> it's like way worse than dabbing and getting a little little dab fucking half moon on your in, inner arm like everybody has from their rig you know but <laughs> but no it's pretty interesting to watch the progression and then t- so go from there go from the from so the then, then it was like the wand um i forget what it was like a wand and something they were calling these like um it, it's the illadelph bowl now but kind of what you described it's like a basically a bowl with holes in it and you had the glass wand and you just kind of dip it in there but the problem at that time was uh bho was not widely available and so people were trying to use hash that wouldn't melt and so they'd be getting this wand hot and then they touch it to the hash and it just wasn't a it was usually not a great experience and then from there you definitely you, you saw the coal technique that um some people were talking about um where you, it's like the hookah coal you kind of got the hookah coal hot and you had oh yeah straw. yeah Oh yeah, that was that was actually that was actually okay. So that's a funny one that you brought that up. So there was a guy that came to Amsterdam, 1993-94, and he brought, I believe, the first sort of BHO there. But he never told us what it was. He was super secretive, right? He was calling himself the king of THC, and okay. <laughs> he was super arrogant. And he was one of those guys. He was like probably in his 60s, completely white hair really intense and the problem was is that he would make you like he would heat up the coal and then he'd give you the pipe and he'd hold the thing for you and he'd be in your face and the minute you took the hit he'd start going are you higher than you've ever been are you higher than you've ever been are you i was like dude shut the fuck up i was until you started talking (laughs) i was like shut i was like and then so i just kept and it was funny because everybody would get really high and like no i don't want anymore and his whole thing was he was 
one of those feeders, you know, and he just wanted to see people fucking snots coming out of their nose or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, go for it, dude. Just keep going. Go, go, go. And he was like, oh, you are very good. And he kept trying to give me more. And I was like, whatever, dude. But it was tasty as fuck. And it definitely got me high. But he was too intense and he drove everybody insane. Like, it was like one of those things. I was like, it was, it was great. He had a great party. But he kept it in an um, in Anbasol tube right and he would carry oh, okay. it and he would squeeze it out onto a knitting needle and he would use the knitting needle like a dab tool and he would stick that onto the fucking coal and then you would put the pipe upside down over the thing and take the hit and it was pretty funny it was one of those like to me that was the f and it had that mango background kind of flavor to it it was like a really nice yeah. kind of a mango -y taste to it and we tried, I sat down with Rob Clark and we sat with the guy and we're like, is it made with ethanol? No. Is it made with this? No. We tried everything we could think of and we weren't thinking of butane <clears throat> because nobody was thinking, of, you know, it wasn't in the, it wasn't right. just in something we didn't ask. And he, he lied because he said it wasn't a solvent. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I know it was, it has to be a solvent. Cause it has to be. <laughs> like, what are you talking? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's not a solvent. We're like, is it CO2? No. Is it this? No. Is it Freon? No. You know, we tried every like thing we could think of, but none of us were thinking butane. And it was just funny. Cause obviously that's what it was. Anyway, my fucking thing is red hot now. So there it is. It's red, hot. <laughs> red hot. And this is 20 years old. And it's fucking, the thing about this is you can lay it down flat and it won't burn, but after a while it's gonna leave a mark and it's like the ultimate stoner thing because every time you do it, you know, you do a couple hits, then you leave it on the table, then it marks it up, and then your mom gets mad at you pretty much. So that's, that's and it's super dangerous because it's always on. Like an on-off switch. No, no, because that's the, that was what they figured out real quick was the, the weak link, you know? If you put the on-off switch, it's gonna break. This thing is 20, uh, 20 plus years old and is never going to break. Like, it's on. This is on or it's not on. But you could put a switch yeah. on a box yep. with the plug. You know, sure, there's, sure. Always, there's always a way. So, okay, right. we're going to move on from that to what's the next thing? What's the next thing in the process of this? Oh, well, I mean, I think we're pretty close to, <laughs> to what we were talking about. I think there were glass nails. But one of the problems with um, kind of dabbing and, and that whole process was like, uh, the heat was really important. A, a lot of times that thing wasn't really hot enough to get a good dab. Sometimes yeah. it would like kind of absorb almost into it to a certain degree. And just, you got, you got something off of it, but you weren't, that thing is limited to how much you can kind of put on there at one time. And so you were able to get something, but for a lot of people, it wasn't enough, you know? Yeah. And uh, I felt that was very similar when the first glass nails came out. I, I remember seeing them kind of. Well, you think about them now, they're just, they're pathetically small, right? They're these tiny, oh, yeah. tiny little glass things. And it's all about, mm -hmm. you know, now, now that everybody's got bangers and they know exactly, you know, we, we've, yeah. we've evolved. I mean, it's just so funny. Had how, it been like a cup or something, maybe it would have worked better. But Well, okay. So let's uh, then for me. So, so let's go to the swing. So. So then, yeah, basically the swing became popular. That was when titanium started kind of getting introduced. So like prior to that, pretty much universally in cannabis, any sort of metal was like, oh, bad news. You right. know, you wanted to be smoking out of glass. And like even having Unless a Unless it was a prototype, then we just somehow want to smoke out of brass. <laughs> we're, like, we're, like, we're like, hey, that brass looks <laughs> pretty. Would take that, over. that brass yeah. looks tasty. Like, I want, to, I want to smoke out of something we shouldn't smoke out of. That's a great idea. <laughs> there, there was like a stigma to, to metal. And then 
somehow the process of, and I believe it was the, some Canadian guys that kind of went through this and like did the whole um, research and development on the, the swing. And they were, at the time, they were called uh, titanium curves, and they were made by a guy named Hashmaster Cut and his uh, girlfriend, I believe, uh, G-Girl. I, I think she was the one actually making the uh, bongs or the, the small little oil rigs. And what they kind of were at the time was, um, you remember back in the grommet days, you would have like a downstem, mm -hmm. and the downstem would be flared kind of at the end, right? So... They just took like kind of an extended down stem and then kind of bent it into like a candy cane kind of, little, kind of shape. And then made the little the dome. And then just tied yeah. on, yeah, they just tied on a little piece of titanium oh, on was, there. It was definitely some hokey shit, but at the same time, yeah. I think it was the, us stoners love these little stupid things like, like yeah. oh, it's got a, oh, it's totally, because remember they also made like, um, glass versions of the same thing after which became like the smasher like kind of like a swing oh, but yeah, more of a smash there. thing where you heated it up and then you'd smash it down and, i mean and it, it's kind of dumb all of them you, start, yeah. you started thinking about them now you're like okay less is more like i love small yeah. tiny rigs that are like like uh actually mti's got a little tiny like all these the tiny the tiny efficient no, ones are the, are some of the fun are to me some of the best because a, they're super portable and they get the job done, but they're highly efficient sometimes. Like you get a, you get a better hit off of those than you do off some of these big stupid monstrosities of. I was collecting the little rigs for a little while. It, it it also depends how you dab. Some of these guys that are globbers that are like doing like half gram. Those guys dabs are terrible, right? Terrible. <laughs> those little rigs don't do it for them. They're clogging those rigs after like. They're two. called globbers. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. We yeah. had we so, had him on my yeah. first show. That was that guy was a glider. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the evolution of the terminology is interesting too. When we were first with the swing at the cannabis cup, it was not called dabbing at that time, you know. Mm. And so uh, that terminology kind of like came out of the whole process of like like describing how much oil you were trying to use. You're like, oh, you just get like a little dab. And then you, the process of doing it also is is a dab, right? Where you're kind of just touching it to the, the titanium. So it's a really interesting word that kind of universally went with what we were doing. And then from there, that amount became kind of questionable to some people. We're like, I don't do just little dabs. I do these huge, big globs of oil and so the terminology of like doing globs kind of came around and and you can and tell you can, you can tell we're a bunch of fucking mature people when that's our, that's our, <laughs> our terminology kind of evolved now we're globs bro. and egomaniacs too one thing i thought was interesting so adam you were a part of this and i remember once upon a time i watched you in a video and you used the terminology uh potlitics and at that time, I was just kind of, I wasn't really in the industry. I think I might have been writing for Treating Yourself. And I, I could not understand how such a cool thing, like marijuana, mm -hmm. had all these like like fighting things going on in the whole community. And it, was, it seemed like such a thing that was holding back the whole, the whole thing from going forward was that like somehow there were all these personalities that didn't get along. And they had all these little beefs about this and that. And, and I didn't understand it yeah. at that time. Now, 
having lived through all of this and like, oh my God, it's like, it's even worse now than it ever has been. And, uh, and you know, I, I look back at those times and think, wow, you know, even if we could just be as civil as they were back then, it'd be much better. Uh, well, yeah, that's the thing is like, uh, we were lucky enough when, when my wife and I first got here to town from, from Amsterdam that we, we were able to open up a spot and everybody from the major players all came and it was kind of like a neutral area. And we just played that, you know, my wife's Swedish, right? So, and we just came from Amsterdam. So we're playing that neutral card super heavy because we're not involved with anybody here, but we, now that so those same groups would never in a million years be in the same room or the same building with each other, you know what I mean? But we got to watch the little beefs that are now, you know, tremendous beefs, or maybe they've, you know, changed in, or they're out of the industry entirely. But it was quite interesting to watch like Denver. Denver had such a neutral vibe to it for a little while, and Cali kind of already had the caddy, we're weed gods already because they've been doing it for 20 everybody you know had too much of an attitude and i always felt like eh, cali's a lost cause in that sense but colorado a bit more neutral but now it's sort of the same here too you know it's kind of like the camps are in their own world and and i think after covid we're probably going to see less and less of the you know, chalice style events or cannabis cups for that matter and even cannabis cup lost its big lost its you know, thing because they just overdid it. You know, like at the end of the day, cannabis is an annual thing. You should do it once a year. You know what I mean? Like once a year, harvest moon, bam, you have your big festival, you're done. You don't, it shouldn't be every month and it shouldn't be every, you know, and that's the problem is it became like this whole kind of roaming carnival of fucking people who don't want to grow up or something. It's like kind of like instead of evolving into something more cool. I don't know. It's, uh, I think we did pretty well with the Seeker Cup in doing multiple events. That's like, um, that's exactly because where I to go. we were not doing them all in the same location, you know? So, like, you would have one Southern California Seeker Cup event once during the year, mm -hmm. and then there wouldn't be another one there until the next year. Now, you could follow the cup around and go to the different places. And then, you know, one of the things I like to do uh, kind of planning the events was to try and give the different events like kind of different themes right. and and uh, like it wasn't a, all a money thing for me now i mean you see these events and there's booths at all the events the stash events like that's basically the only point of the event is to have booths for you to buy uh, stuff that i did events where there were no booths yeah. you know so like it was it was really interesting to kind of see and we were small enough also that the people who were coming out for the large majority were local people so they weren't you know going to you know california and then going to maybe uh rhode island or or going to spain like maybe you went to one or two but but yeah. like you were limited well, I think I, I, I definitely, uh, I think everybody takes a piece of what they like from the other people's thing because you always see that there's always an issue, right? Like with the whole politics, I, re I remember, because in Amsterdam it was easy because it was like, it was a yearly thing. So we could kind of gauge it pretty good. Um, what I did like with your thing was the fact that you had the people that were involved like if you were if you want to enter then you get to judge right and to me that was kind of like oh that's an interesting twist because that's where i always felt like i got cheated 
because I don't get to try all the other weed that's in there, and I don't know if my weed was really that. How come I didn't? Oh, how come I didn't win? Or how come I didn't place? Or maybe the other way around, where I didn't even like. Maybe I didn't deserve to win. Maybe there was other people with better weed, but I don't get a chance to see it. And with you, the way you guys did it was, you get to enter, then you get to try it. So that was what Mitch and I took for ADSI as one of our elements, and that was also people thought it was all unique, and I'd always go, no, actually, this is exactly the way Secret Cup did it. It made sense. But there's always that, like, how do we, <clears throat> how do you protect people from doing the obvious, which is trying to yeah. front load their fucking thing because they know exactly which weed is theirs and how do we, you know, so we always got us, we tried to be strategic about it, but it is a little bit hard, right? Because you got like. That, that was something I was not expecting. And then, and then like, for, for some of the people, they were very genuine and honest and they wanted to do a good job judging and that, like they had very much the same attitude as you had. And that's kind of what we were thinking going into it. Daniel uh, was the one that originally came up with like having the judges be the people who entered. And theoretically, you're thinking, oh, well, they would know the most about concentrates because they make concentrates. And um, that unfortunately is not always the case, especially for... Some of the people who are newer into it if they see something like a, a lot of the problem in some of the places was uh, water hash and having kind of a, a limited knowledge on that for for some of the people who were uh you know making dho at the time and uh it was really interesting to see how that would play out sometimes and and then you know kind of vice versa there were, there were some people who were just biased like oh i like this particular kind and I'm just going to, they had to be conscious about how they were voting. I'm just going to vote everything one that isn't what I like. And that, that's not fair either. And, and you have also the vice versa where some people are like, oh, that's my friend 10 on everything. I know all, of, all these people I know. So they're all getting 10s. And, and that would also play out in a funny way where like sometimes people, and this was actually more common than you would think. Sometimes people thought that they knew their hash, but it wasn't. <laughs> Anybody give a one score to their own hash? Well, I, have, we I have a very famous hash maker in Spain do that. Was it Adam? Uh, <laughs> it was not Adam. Okay. But it was somebody that is very well known out there, potentially leading their whole thing. And uh, uh oh, they're voting. Hey, hey, come on, wait, 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 wait. Really let's bad. go back and let's out that person. Hold on. <laughs> Well, that's another thing is like, I, I don't like to throw people under the bus too much. So, too much. Oh, uh, Frenchie won't mind. He's a great hash maker. <laughs> I love Frenchie's hash. He does great work. <laughs> but yeah, like, and, and I'll tell you one other thing in Spain that was really unfair was uh, the, the barb that's so popular out there did really poorly in our competition. And I think it's because people did not know what they were dealing with. You know, they were trying to judge it based on, against like all the BHOs and it's just a different product. And, and and that was a water hash product at the time. And so I felt like they, they were really unfairly judged uh, just because of the lack of knowledge of some of the, the people who were entering. And so that whole concept of like having the judges um, be the people that entered the competition, in the end, it ended up being something I thought was not not necessarily a wonderful thing. And so I have a whole new concept on, on the, the judging. Well, let's hear it. Ooh, so I, and yeah, yeah. And so I would like to also uh, say, I, I want to get back into doing events. It was really unfortunate kind of how 
that whole thing played out for us in California and uh, with Chalice and everything. And and uh, I love Doug, but uh, we had different visions at the end for Chalice. And so uh, my, his direction kind of for me was just growing it too, too big, too fast. That's the general like difference that we had kind of an opinion on how to do it. And uh, but I, I have loads of, of concepts for events, all these different like uh, things and I'd really love to make them possible. So anyone who wants to do events, just contact me. I'll give this one away. Give so it away. I think that um, for judges, you actually have to have a, a judging process for the judges prior where you test their ability to judge. I like that. You have to have them do kind of a, a, a like a, essentially a quantification of knowledge okay. where you, you kind of have maybe like question portion of it, kind of <laughs> identification portion of it where you see like, can you tell me the difference between this and this? And, and then kind of like a, an ethics portion where you, you kind of see how they, they judge and if they're doing things in a fair way, if, like if you're strategically, so you're going to judge the judges. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the only way to, to know if you have judges that. No, but are, I like that. Are I like that. I like that because that would be. What I if mean, everyone shows a certificate from either interpreting for Max or uh, from Chloe University or something like that? Oh, and then you could dial it in in so many ways. You know, like yeah. this whole concept is like very, you know, transferable to, to different things. No, I like it. I think uh, that's a. I think that would be good. Just, I mean. Maybe not necessarily. Uh, it, it might be hard to like decide like you're suck and you can't judge. Like, it'd be better just to say this is how you need to judge, and let's see right. how it all works. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, it's nice when people actually get a little bit of knowledge without because that, because that's the thing is it's unless you've been doing this for a long time, and even if you have been, maybe you've been doing it wrong the whole time. Who knows? There's people who just haven't got a clue. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, oh, yeah. it's like you and preference is a, is a thing that that you cannot take away from the whole concept. You know, when you're judging, you have your personal preferences that might not be the same as your friends, and that's going to play out in the way that you kind of rate these things. So, no, that's good. All right, next, next on the list, free giveaways from Jeremy Nori. Because you know what we could do now? We could. You and I could join forces on this because one of my things is we've done ADSI now, I think, four times officially um, and a couple other times, like, unofficially. Um, and it, there was a lot of things that got easier as we went along because you already knew you did it last time and the pitfalls are less. But there was also... Um, it's. I think the hardest part is... Um, when you have a contest, it's like unless you have either a magazine or something connected to it, some some right. promotion that goes because that's the hardest part is without having that. Like the secret cup, I think right. that might have been one of its problems too. Is that by being mm -hmm. a secret cup, you don't really get as much like folk. Yeah. Like, you don't get as much of a, out of the winning as so, if you have so a way in, that people can. In the end, that exposed. was something that I definitely noticed too. It was it was one of those things where like okay, so you're entering these competitions. Let's say you win what do you theoretically get out of winning? Mm -hmm. Well, there's no big cash prize. You know, you're not getting like a, a trophy that, I mean, we gave away glass and stuff like that that could theoretically be worth something someday, but like, you're not doing it for the glass. You're, you're kind of doing it for the, the idea that you're going to sell more product, right? That's, that's the concept. You mm -hmm. win, everybody says, oh, this guy's was the best. I want to smoke this guy's stuff, right? And so how, how do you get that information out there? So one of the things I actually did do 
uh, one of our last years at uh, the Secret Cup was I paid Leafly for advertising after every event. And when we would have a, an award ceremony, then I kind of had targeted uh, advertising on their website that was just announcing the winners. And so, you know, it was kind of a little early where there wasn't a market in some of the places where they, they had legalization or, or medical in some way, but maybe they didn't have dispensaries or, you know, it was, yeah. it was not always too quick, completely too horrible, quick. but the same concept, you know, like you have to, you have to be theoretically selling more product. Right. And so where do people go? Like it's either weed maps or mm-hmm. leafly, right. That's where they're going. To, to look to, for whatever they're going to buy. So if theoretically there was advertising on a place like that, then, you know, maybe they're going to be selling more product. And, and like, I wasn't able to, I, I tried to do research and development on that, but if we did such a small amount of advertising that it wasn't noticeable that they sold a, a significantly more amount of product, um, you know, the, because of our advertising. But I do think that, if you were able to do that in an efficient way, that that would be an effective thing. And you know what I'd also like to say is, I, like, the times we worked together, I really wish that uh, you and I would have had more of a direct communication, like, and it was me just working with you yeah. exclusively without having – Daniel, my partner, is wonderful, yeah. but there's not always the same communication when there's multiple people. And so well, we had, well, we, we had the secret cup at the, at the hood lab and it was the same year that we had this blizzard, right? Wasn't it the blizzard year? Well, no, I, so what you're thinking of, well, maybe, but, yeah. but I did my first booth for rig rags at the, uh, carnival. Oh, carnival. The, oh at carnival. Yeah. Carnival. That's true. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the true. Carnival. yeah. Yeah. So that was the blizzard that was, so we didn't do a yeah, secret yeah. cup then. Was, no, we did the, oh yeah. No, no, you were, no, but that was, yeah. So you were there for that part. I remember, but then but yeah, we did do a secret cup. We did do a secret cup at one point. We did, I think, too. Well, at least you hosted a, an after party, at least maybe a yeah, second exactly. time. But, exactly. Yeah. After party once, and I actually did it one time. Yeah. So there um, you go. But you know, it's it's a uh, it was a pretty special feeling because it was like it was bringing a lot of this Amsterdam vibe to the states, and it was kind of a special moment too because it was fresh, and you could just feel like like if you go to Oklahoma right now, you might get that vibe because it's fresh right, you know what i mean right but go there next year or a year after that and everyone's like oh dude the grind think, uh, the grind is killing me right now you know so it's like everyone doesn't realize that you don't get you get a very short like period of time in a new place with cannabis which it really yes. changes the vibe everywhere and it's hopefully changes it for the better all the time but the people who are in the industry they just realize it, it everyone takes them a little longer than normal but it's like within six months to a year everyone's like oh shit this is a fucking job dude i thought we were just having fun and growing weed and doing no dude it's like actual fucking work 24 7 because it's plants never sleep and when you're making extracts that's another fucking whole grind in itself because you're going you know a lot of these people grow the weed first then they freeze it then they process it then they you know have to sell it and it's like oh my god this is way oil more work oil is what we call that right <laughs> more work than most people ever fucking you know yeah but it's, anyway what i was saying earlier was i would like to do another adsi at some point when we get back on track and i have a few ideas 
um, mm -hmm. of ways to do them. And kind of, and, and I, again, I'd go back to like, okay, you guys had a few good ideas. One of them was do these regional things and get the winners of those regional to come to the one focused mm -hmm. thing somewhere. And Denver always had a good focused vibe because if you were in Cali or you were on the East Coast, you could all meet in Denver, which is, you know, this middle of America technically, and uh, throw down here. Now, again, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Right now, we're, Americans are not allowed to go anywhere in the world except for like 16 locations. And I guarantee you, if it gets really bad, it's going to be like, no, you can't, like, because you can't go from Texas to New York technically without going into quarantine right now. So to try to do an event anytime interstate, it's just a nightmare. You know, it's like, oh my God. Did you just say if it gets really bad? Well, if it gets really bad, like really bad, like okay. you can't go state to state. Yeah, yeah if. Uh -huh. All right, Dave, don't worry. <laughs> I just, what? I think there's room for all kinds of different events too, you know, like a, a lot of, a lot of the things we would hear doing the Seeker Cup, like for example, when we did the Seeker Cup in Amsterdam, they could not understand how we did not have the hash separated into separate categories. Why would we have Moroccan hash competing against BHO, competing against water has competing against rosin like they could not understand um well, well, why that would be <laughs> well yeah i mean the thing is, is again that's exactly how adsi was as far as like there was no sativa or indica category or indoor or outdoor category for that matter because the idea was bring your best and let's throw down and see who wins right so keeping it so simple makes people's brains explode. But the problem is I, what I noticed was as a, like once you have too many categories, like there's so many strains that are like, well, what, what is it? You know what I mean? Like, okay, GMO, is it an indica? Is it a sativa? What is it? What category are you going to place it into now? And you can kind of justify either way. And yep. so at the end of the day, there really was no true indicas and there was no true sativa. So having those categories was kind of redundant and, yeah, redundant. You saw that. Oh, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> you didn't in the, the Seeker Cup, we just kind of uh, threw in all kinds of awards. We had everything kind of compete against each other. But then based on the way that the scoring worked, you could kind of pick out stuff like, oh, this was the highest scoring solventless. Uh -huh. Oh, this was the highest scoring, you know, wax or shatter. Or, you know, you could kind of still... And, um, and that's if you I are literally that. trying to um, sort of pander to them to like if your yeah. if your idea was to like make everybody a winner and everyone goes home with a trophy and if you that's your deal medal. if that's your deal then that's the way to go with it because then everybody wins something right like oh the best you yeah. know coffee like we and we did that when we did our first cup in '93 we were like concerned that too many people would go home butthurt if they didn't win something so we're like trying yep. to make other categories that had nothing to do with weed so that hey at least you won like best atmosphere of the place right. and, and but yeah, people yeah. the funny part was is that when we did that it was really hard work because a lot of people didn't trust the idea of a contest in holland because the dutch are very Oh. They're very nervous about everything. <laughs> and so and so we were trying to explain to people like, yeah, but then you don't, you know, you don't have to pay anything. And that that was like, oh like what you want? Okay, pay. Then pay us money. It's fine. If that if that's your problem. But there was like this concern that we were out to get more than they were gonna get. And we were just trying to figure out how to, to help them promote their company, you know. Oh yeah. It was an ongoing thing for me as well, with both Chalice and with, with Seeker Cup and the other events that I've done. 
is that uh, people start, they, they have this misconception that you're rich. You know, like I, I've been told from different people about stories that, that like where I'm being talked about and someone's telling someone else that I'm very well off somehow. And like, well, I've always, I've always known that. I've always known that. <laughs> and like, we're, we're trying to barely make, like most of the secret cups lost money, you know? And so like, we're barely making ends meet and like, people are like, why are you giving us all this other extra stuff? <laughs> Every event that's ever lost money has always been a great event, in my opinion. Like they've always seemed to be the ones because the people actually did give money. Whereas the ones that made a lot of money, somehow are the worst events because they're the ones who figured out like, hey, we can charge $10 for water because these people are fucked. They're inside of a fenced-in area with nowhere. <laughs> Whereas we would do an event and be like, free water because we're going to give free water because that's what you would do. <laughs> Wouldn't you give people free water? You wouldn't charge $10 per, for water. Of course you would. And so there's just a different mindset. And so I feel like the events that I've always done have always either broke even at best and I'd be like, yes, this event <laughs> rocked. We broke even. That was amazing. Like, Making money, that's another story. But uh, losing money was kind of a given when it came to a lot of these sort of early on events just because you, yeah, you never realize. It. And we're also, we're not, we're not prepared like at a real event center where you're, you know, six months ahead, have everything paid for and figured out. It's like a lot of times you're winging it, trying to yeah. find a location at the last second or uh, yeah. you, guys, you guys had to go. So when you were originally starting, you guys were tr truly a secret cup, right? Like in the beginning, it was uh, invitation oh. only, or was it? So yeah, the 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 name of the secret cup is kind of I think also an organic thing where it it was um, a private event that they kind of was created on like Facebook groups or something like that. Dan and some other people decided they wanted to do this event. And then also Nick and T had an event that was like the same time. And so they kind of tied them together. So the very first Seeker Cup in Colorado had a, a very public uh, event that Nick threw. And I believe he was calling it Extract Artists Unite or something. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, I had a Rig Rags booth. That was the first booth I ever had for Rig Rags. And, uh, and it was like, it was a real theater. I think it was the Oriental Theater or something like that. And um, and it, it was it was a great night. I remember being so impressed. I thought, wow, this is like in, in like kind of a main part of the city. And this is like, you know, there's a lot yeah. of people that- <laughs> I went to those parties, they were good. And it, that place, um, the only thing that sucked about it being in a theater is that you never had a level floor to stand on. You were always on like a- yeah, <laughs> yeah. An angle or something. We're talking to somebody up there or down there. Yeah. But uh, that the Oriental Theater here in Colorado or in Denver was definitely one of the reasons when I first came here that I thought like, wow, this place is so uh -huh. much more progressive than Amsterdam even was because they let people smoke in this theater. And how cool is this? And now I don't know if they let you do that anymore. It's all gotten so yeah, weird. Yeah, I'm pretty Everything. sure we, we ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think that was a we had a bus. Yeah, yeah. We had a bus out front. And we were we were slanging seeds out of our bus out front, and we like walked out of there yeah. like, dude, we made more money sitting in my bus out front just with a briefcase full of seeds. It was great. Sometimes stoners burn the spot. That's kind of how it goes. Dave <laughs> Bianchi had events at Cervantes where they had the dab bars upstairs. Mm -hmm. You know, they would say you can dab or vape. They didn't they, as long as you weren't, you know, right, burning flour, right. and you would go out the whole night long. It was fun. there were people that would pull out like, you know. 
six month, you know, cure flower that just to, to show off. So though, gone are the days, man. Yeah. I hope we can get back there. Yeah, I believe we can, you know, and I, I think like looking at it, uh, I'm constantly thinking about the, the way to do these events. And even one of the things now with, in California is you have the BCC and you have all these rules about how you can do events and da, 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 da. but like, you know, um, if you're, if you're real creative about how you're kind of looking at it and, and the way that you kind of think about it, I think I have a few different recipes for some potentially great events that, that we could do, you know, using their kind of their little layout of how these things have to go now. And uh, like, I think one of the things I was going to mention, I think we're, we're kind of blessed that we attract a certain kind of personality person that, you know, like I love Ariane, but he's not the same kind of person as me. He's going to attract a different kind of person that, that comes to those kind of events. And the, the same thing with high times and, and, you know, the people that run there, they, they have a different kind of personality. They attract kind of a, a different kind of person based on like the, the way that they throw their events. And it's similar to like, you know, like you're doing a hip hop concert. It's not going to be the same people that come to the, the heavy metal concert. Right. Maybe there's some that are the same, but it's like different strokes for different folks, right? The secret cup and, and kind of your events and, and some other events, they, they attract like a really, like a, a, a very passionate person who's very into the scenes, but also I think a, a person that's like, well, it's easy going to a certain degree. Well, it's, well, it's also like the the glass industry in general, as far as the 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 amount of money some of these pieces cost, and that was also part of the whole like introducing pe other people who maybe have never seen this before, and like we were talking about earlier about giving people their first dabs. I mean, that was one thing that was great about having the Hood Lab is. I don't know how many people had their first dab there, like hundreds of people. Like oh, I'd like, see people online, oh, I had my first dab, I thought you gave me. And it was like, it was just a, a night, that was the great part about doing events and having a spot to be able to do it all the time because you could see like, especially mm -hmm. when you're people who are like, who smoke a lot of weed and, and for use it medicinally and then all of a sudden they you hit them with, like wow, dude! Like all of a sudden, ten minutes later, they come back and they're just like, "Dude, my arm that never worked is now working." Like, what the fuck was that shit you gave me? And you get to hear yeah. that all the time, which is awesome. Uh, you know, I think that's, I think that's one of the more addictive parts of cannabis is sharing and getting reactions from people and getting that whole like vibe. So that's why I hope we can get back to events and more of these kind of like uh, quality driven, you know participation things which you bring like i love it when you you have like a bunch of people come into the room they all bring something to the table and you you don't even know as the organizer what's going to happen because you only know your little piece and it really just kind of flows differently than if you have That's like a your, real potluck yeah well like you were saying earlier like <laughs> I, I i have a hard time like like i like having booths because i like having people there do stuff but it's also like you know, a lot, a lot of times they're they're not there. The people that aren't there for the booths, you know, the people are there to fucking show off what they got, and pull out their fucking cases, and yeah. and you see the guy sitting over in the booth all bored. But it's like unless they have something that people really need, like hey, if you're selling butane or if you're selling something that we guys we're, we're all gonna, hey, I'm going out to grab something. Okay, that's about the only thing. You're for the most part, everybody, you just need to supply tables and fucking power. <laughs> that's the difference between the weed weed game. 
Uh, that was now. one of my things at Seeker Cup. We like to kind of have the tables like Oktoberfest style. And you guys did a really good job of that where, where you had set up the tables and you had even put power outlets. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vinny, uh, Vinny's, Vinny's watching the show. He was, he was, he remembers we were, we made sure every table had his power and had to have, you yeah, know, that was brilliant. Yeah. it's, it's funny, right? It's like literally, uh, you can see the look on people's, like when anybody would came to the secret cup or any of these kind of events, you'd see them walk in, they all have Pelican cases and they're <laughs> nervous as fuck. Cause they got to find the closest table. I need the table with them. And then they get, once they got their spot, oh, they chill out. Everything's cool now. But for that f first like <laughs> moment, I'd always notice how tense everybody was, and you got power, you got <gasps> <gasps> sweating, <laughs> trying to get their fucking little corner set up, you know. Yeah. One thing that was cool too, doing like the booth in Amsterdam at the Cannabis Cup. I, so I, I've, I've asked Danny this. Uh, I am the first person ever to dab somebody out at a booth uh, at a Cannabis Cup ever. What? And, <laughs> so uh uh that booth we had thousands of people I, the line would like go all the way out to through the entrance sometimes right. and i had people out that didn't speak english so like and this was a new concept to them sure you know they didn't know like they hadn't watched videos of this this was they came to the cannabis cup they saw my booth this was the first time they ever seen anything like that right and like they might be japanese well, we so, had, like, well, I, I can say, I can say, I can join you on that one and say that we were the first to do a booth with a bong because at the first couple of cups, we came, like, when we first organized the cup in 93, you know, like, we were the organizers, so we kind of set it all up. And nobody was, nobody brought a fucking bong to their booth. And we were like, are you kidding me, guys? And we were sitting there with our bong, and I was doing my video bong hits and my fucking trichrome challenge or whatever. And then the next year, everybody, brought a bong, but none of the Europeans knew how to smoke bong, so it was kind of funny to watch. It was like, they just bong just sat there, and they were like, you can use it if you want. We don't know how to use it, but go ahead, you know what I mean? And like, it was like an education every time, but it was also, it was kind of funny the next year. And then, then Arian and those guys got the biggest volcano ever, -ish. yes. <laughs> we were like, nah, we'll stick with the bong. We'll stick right. with the bong. You guys were doing a big service there for the glass industry, in my opinion, because like you were hosting the best glass contest at the Cannabis Cup uh, at least a couple times, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, we were like one of there was only us and maybe two other head shops in town that actually had decent glass. So right. a lot and so many glass blowers came to Europe with a whole case, and expecting to sell the shitload of them. They talk to everybody at the coffee shops and they go like, yeah, okay, this one's like $300 and this one's like, and then people be like, oh, I'll give you like $2, $10. Like, you know, they had no concept of what they were worth. So on the end, I'd get these people on the, like the last day, they sold two or three pipes. They've got like 20 to go. And I end up trading out like for hoodlums and trading out for either weed, cash or clothing and end up with huge glass collections and, and, and some amazing artists. And it was also, but it was also, again, like way too, like for the average guy over there, too expensive for the Dutch guys, too expensive. And for the Americans that were traveling too dangerous, cause they, how are they going to get it home? They're going to too tempted to use it. If they don't use it, are they going to break it? Or is customs going to get it? Are they taking home seeds? There was a million things that made it like, okay, I could have sold a shitload of glass if this was in America, but by, right. by the location that it was at, I ended up not. You know, you're keeping it alive as part of the culture, even if it wasn't financially successful, you know, like you, you were kind of bringing the exposure to that work that, that you know, 
I'm glad that it was happening. You know, it helped to get us to kind of where we are now, I guess. Sure. Well, I, mean, I also think also, hey, okay. so that fader thing. Yeah. Didn't didn't you put like six of them together? For yeah, I had, your, four, uh, I had four of them taped together, and I would use this to do the heat, the, the first. Uh, <laughs> this is how I did the first uh, uh, leaf blower. So I had the four yeah. of these. I had four. Of these. That way you didn't have a flame, so you weren't flaming out right out of the gate. You know what I mean? So you could dry, And I just dropped it into the weed and then it started the fucking okay. process but yes good memory on that one um, i wanted I to talk to you about your i wanted to talk to you about your movie making because that's a whole other oh, yeah. you, you were doing it this morning right you were you're working on yeah yeah exactly so uh, we were working on a non-cannabis related film it was a, a non-cannabis related film uh, yeah so, all right so never mind next <laughs> we're gonna go <laughs> on to another subject no okay but tell me tell us <laughs> tell I, have us about few, I have a few canvas related projects That's coming fine. up too, you, but, can, you, you can tell, uh, me, tell one me of now. the things i'm starting to learn in in the film industry and many probably other industries is that uh, only having cannabis experience is not necessarily very um inspiring and uh reassuring that you can uh, complete their projects or uh, what have you. So I've been trying to do kind of expand out and do some other themes so that I can build my like portfolio mm -hmm. so that when I go to do uh, other projects that um, I'm not just the cannabis guy or like- So you're shooting a porno right now? <laughs> we did three, like kind of, I did one on Bigfoot. I did a UFO film. I did two UFO films. We have an MMA film. We have this uh, female pro wrestling film. We got a bullying one. Tomorrow I shoot on a mindfulness uh, documentary. So it's like I'm doing a psychedelics medicine one. We're, we're, we're you know, running the gambit. But my first three films, it was very important for me to do something like kind of to give back. And uh, the whole way this all got started was that we were filming for the Seeker Cup and uh, it was very expensive. And I decided that it would be useful to maybe make it into a full length documentary rather than just like a highlight video for uh, one of our and you can do exactly what we talked about earlier you can basically show glowy dabs all day long you'd be like look at all this glowy dab look at this red hot titanium dab and everyone will be just dissing oh man oh, look at that shit everyone's gonna be bitching and moaning about smoking off the wrong shit <laughs> the wrong time. also that like so the in the kind of creator of the 710 uh, symbology was part of our whole thing is task rock and like if you don't know the story of how that all came tell to us be, about task rock because he definitely so, is the guy i mean there's no yeah yeah so it is 710 i'll go through it real quick um task rock was uh not the first uh titanium nail creator but probably the most successful, I would say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he kind of became associated with, like, that's the way we dab. We dab of highly educated stuff. If you don't have a highly educated thing, you're not cool, right? And so uh, a lot of the, uh, the industry just kind of got introduced to dabbing through his products. And, like, he's been very innovative in a lot of the things that he's done in the whole uh, concentrate um, consuming process you know the whole journey of that 100%. and and so like ca carb caps were something we saw right away you know because he was part of the event the emails and then like all and all the tech on like oh let's try and bring the, the temperature down or oh, okay all that stuff kind of happened um at our events uh, organically in research to how they would kind of end up being 
But uh, the whole 710 holiday kind of came about because they, him and a couple other people um, are consuming you got to mute your mute your phone or your your screen there you James go James Bean man on the scene James Bean man on the scene there he is look at your what right water rafting or something what are you doing yeah what is that is that a flak jacket have you guys never been bud surfing like I could see it I saw you were I thought you were either wakeboarding or something I'm nut surfing, man. That's how you find the fatty, the really greasy, turpy ones. Slip, slipping on the greasy slipping ones. Yeah. Uh, out on the lake, this wonderful 710. I know you've got a, an esteemed uh, guest. I've been listening. I just wanted to call in while I still had uh, service before I go. But, yeah, so happy 710, everybody. Happy uh, 710. Be safe out there. Twice, never. What are, you, where are you, what are you literally on? Uh, you're on the water right now? Yeah, I'm on my jet ski. Jet skis? Oh, my well, how God. How else do you expect to fucking plant auto flowers out here? Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay. Take a little jet ski. Take a little part of the lake where nobody goes to. Awesome. Pick up a little GPS fucking module. Ding, Go ding, back ding. Go about 65 to 70 days. <laughs> you know, there you go. That's, that awesome. That's awesome. Traditional market, live and well. So how Especially is, in California. God, California numbers are crazy. They're pulling. I know. It's uh, we got the bench. We, we had the, we had our man on on the scene today, but he, he's uh, he's not doing the the traditional market as such. But I I've heard threes now and crazy numbers, right? Twenty eights, twenty eights. What's your what's your what's your latest? Is that better? No oh, there we go. Much better. Just take whatever the traditional market is in California, add 15, 20%, and that's what it's going for because that was the big well, discussion yesterday in a right, conversation right. I was in on. They just get outbid. That's right. You know? Jackson, yeah, Jackson posted a meme like about four four grand a pound. Uh, it used to be back in the day, and like you'll never see that day again. And then he was like, I kind of maybe overspoke a little bit. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, it was. It, uh, the COVID definitely got people puffing, and uh, uh, the wreck, the medical, wreck, the medical stopped everybody from growing, and so there definitely is a supply and demand. So anything good in Cali is going back east anyways right now. But yeah, there's also memes like dudes coming out to Cali expecting to get outdoor packs for two grand. Ha ha ha! With the, with, <laughs> yeah, with the two jokers. Yeah, like, like two years ago, you could pick up outdoor out here for six hundred bucks. I can, I can move. So. It is what it is. The market changes, fluctuates, but it's good to grow your own that way. Start from seed, grow your own, have something nobody else has. You're self-sufficient. Fuck everybody else. Exactly. Well, and how do you, seed, get do you get those seeds? seeds where Bean? the hell do you get them, Mr. Bean himself? Well, I mean, you could. You could put your money in an envelope, mail it to some dickhead overseas, wait for like three weeks, think that they stole your money, Get a paper from fucking you know, customs, and then like uh, two months later they show up. Or I built a website conveniently enough, seedsherenow.com. Uh, you can go there. I've got 56 different breeders from all across the United States, uh, such as Steven breeders as you know, classy people like Adam Dunn, Seeds. Uh We just add, added uh, Mr. Bob Hemphill's line. 
I added Jonathan Gilbert's line. We've got the new Harry Paul to Bloom line um, going. So we've got all kinds of goodies, uh, new goodies as well as you know, wonderful other stuff. Like Exotic just dropped his Runs Fem line. We've got another banana Runs Fem line coming from Soulfire. But SeatsYourNow.com. Um, enter ADS10 to get 10% off. Uh, and even if you don't want to save the money, just enter it so I can give you the money and I know where my advertising dollar is going. But yeah, that's all I really got for today. I just wanted to shout out. I haven't seen you guys in a while. I missed you. I know. We missed you last week, obviously, because it was 4th of July. Hope you had a good one. Uh, is this your I own? Is this your own personal time. jet ski, or are you renting? What are you doing? We got you wasting money on one. You got one? I'm, I'm not at leisure. Um, <laughs> my attorneys tell me I'm not at leisure to disclose personal uh, assets. Oh yeah, don't yeah, don't yeah exactly. secret trust that may or may not be mine. So I'm sure you're just renting one anyway. It's fine. Yes, I'm sure you're renting. Um, all right, man. We got a whole crew coming in. We've actually got um, the biggest done deal ever going down today. So, biggest ever, dude. Eight, 80 grand. 80 grand. I got to put 80,000. Um, it's our friends here. Well, if you listen, if you're watching, I don't know, you, are you watching or just listening? You're just listening right now. Oh, okay. Well, you can see my buddy here, my buddy Brent. Up there, hey, Adam, at, how's it going? Can you uh, hear me? Yeah, I can actually. Uh, so Brent is up at Ontario Junction, which is uh, at the top. Of, so it's 285, and what was the crossroad there? Because I couldn't remember. 24. That. Oh yeah, 24. 24. 24. Yeah. Tw oh yeah, 24. Sorry, 24 at the top of the at the top of 24, and it's a 25 acre piece of land. It's an old uh, it's an old ghost town, which is pretty dope. So you can literally own. Right now, get the done deal of a lifetime. Buy Antero Junction, an actual ghost town in South Park, Colorado. That's all you have to know. It's in South Park, pretty much. And you're like, all right, get in the family. We're moving off to South Park. It's uh, it's uh, it's been they've built out this greenhouse, which is 100% uh, zero energy like loss. It's like a Basically, it's a, a Wallapini design. They have, were working on a Wallapini design, which if you listen to this show, you'll understand the word Wallapini because you'll say, hey, isn't that the guy that was on the show? Like just only it's a week ago. Exactly. Well, he's, so he's built this beautiful uh, state-of-the-art version, and you get that on the property. Uh, they built the place for cannabis, <clears throat> so they've got it licensed in the beginning and just kind of, but they, you know, unfortunately, as things go, they, they rolled in, did all the work for you and now it's like time for someone to step in and fucking do it right because they're like fuck fuck this we're hitting the road we're gonna go on a road trip and uh <laughs> yeah so i mean how big is that greenhouse that, this is the greenhouse it's that 80 square feet one more time 8700 square feet can but you it's, guys a, hear me at all? it's a super yeah. yeah yeah it's a super unique greenhouse though because it's not like your typical uh, only green so it's, it was built for dispensary slash greenhouse all in one kind of encompassing uh, place it's got a mezzanine on the top uh, there's the mezzanine and yeah, interestingly enough like we said they built it like a wallapini style so you got the air show them the air shafts show them the air shafts now who knows get down that air shaft oh shit so stays the temperature stays perfect um just a cool location. Basically, they bought the place 100% on the idea of running a business. 
And as we all know, the cannabis industry and running a family, it's like, you got to pick one or the other. <laughs> like a family or fucking your, go pick the family or pick oh. the cannabis. It's hard to do both. And because of they want to live there, and they were living there, so the whole thing was the minute you open that place up, you all of a sudden can't even smoke a joint in your own house. So you're like, fuck that. You know how it goes in the world. But in, in general, they're doing this. Uh, they just put it on the market, but we would love to find the right person who – and you're so close to Buena Vista, and technically you're in the fucking – probably the safest place in Colorado because you're like, you know, you're right nestled in there. It's for sale. It's for sale. It's, it just went on the market. Um, it's normally 1.5 million. Today, done deal. Of course, we're going to knock 80 just to bring it to 1420 to make everybody happy. If you want to pay 1710 and just give me the rest just for the fucking shits and giggles, that's also fine. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> But we're take one four two zero actually today. Which uh, let me go count my quarters. And yeah, see what I've got. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful spot. Did did we mention that the the Trump school schoolhouse? Oh yeah, the no, the Trump. That is the most important part. There's a building oh, on the place called thousand bucks called the Trump Schoolhouse, which you can burn down yourself after you've bought the property. <laughs> And go nuts, and that that could just be worth the money right there. So show them the schoolhouse. It's actually the oldest. What is it? The oldest building in the area, pretty much, or what? Something like that. Yeah, it was constructed back in the 1930s over here. And there wasn't much um, out there. It was there. moved over from District Five, the former school district five in South Park here, which was the town of Trump. So uh, we're told we're told that the South Park Historical Society believes this, the middle part of this thing, is what used to be the old. Uh, School from South or the Trump Schoolhouse from South Park. Isn't that weird? So that's what, it's just so much fun. Who's that? That's where Tegrity Farms is. Tegrity Farms could be, this could be your Tegrity Farms right here in South Park. You can buy 25 acres with the greenhouse and the Trump Schoolhouse, and you get a little house on this property, but you get that little lot right there. Now, you, you mentioned it was built to be a grow and a dispensary. So what is the potential in regards to someone who would buy it? Is there, is it zoned properly for a dispensary? Is there licensing available in South Park right now? Do you have a license that you're transferring? Great questions, great questions. Uh, last we checked with South Park, all three licenses are still available. Uh, it's a commercial property, it's... Um, so you can do whatever you'd like with the property. It can be subdivided as well. You can put more greenhouses. Um, the licenses, uh, cultivation, manufacturing, and retail are all set up. We designed it so that you'd walk into the greenhouse there. There would be a waiting area where you get a beautiful view of uh, Breckenridge and some of the ski resorts to the north of us. Uh, if you had to wait from the dispensary, from the dispensary, you could actually look into the grow and see the plants growing inside there. Um, back in the back section, there's a, a safe built in. Uh, for your preppers, uh, those tunnels underground could obviously be built into all sorts of uh, <laughs> interesting things as well. So, um, tunnels. That's all you have to say. All you have to say was tunnels. Now you got everyone's attention. They're all tunnels. El Chapo. Chapo. I missed it. I said El Chapo. El Chapo. Right over there, and he's going to make me move. So I'll be seeing you guys. I want to check in. I love you guys. Shout out, check in. Those greenhouses look awesome. Done. I'm glad to see you shaved. You like that? You like uh, that? It's just like Alaska. It's Alaska once again, all over again. It's like Alaska all over. <laughs> but without the fish coming up the conveyor belt. 
mechanism. Exactly. Without the fish on the conveyor belt at the airport. Thanks. Um, cool. Thanks. Thanks, James. So, um, so Brent, we're gonna we're gonna put uh, the link on our on our page and on the thing, right? We can put that link on there, can we? What link? Uh, from the stuff that he sent us. Can mm. we put some picture? Can we make a link? Can we do something? Something. <clears throat> We're going to put something. We're going to figure out a way because somebody listening to the show wants to move to South Park and run a dispensary because I know they do. Of course, like you think Colorado, you think South Park, you think Integrity Farms. It's all there. It's available right now. It's all there. Colorado Springs is just oh. two hours that way. We can put a link to the listing. Yeah, we'll put a link to the listing on the thing. It's awesome. It's happening right now. Nice. Happening as we speak. Uh so officially, eighty grand off the top, biggest done deal ever. Dave, come on, do the happy dance. Eighty thousand dollars that you are not going to get to the spend a dime. Deal ever. Biggest done deal ever. Whoa, biggest done deal ever. Okay, horn. Oh. Eighty thousand dollars off. <laughs> there we go. Now we're talking. Eighty. Um, I brought my kid, and then you get a little house. You get a little house. Uh, that they're living in, but like I said before, that for them it was a little inconvenient because the minute they turn on, that's no fun. Anymore. They all of a sudden they like got a cage off their house and turns into like a concentration camp of cannabis. Well, come on, let's you, you, <laughs> you're you're turning buyers off here. No, I'm not. I'm sure you could put up a fence or Wait, subdivide the house off the land. There you go. Or yes. Shit, if you had to, you'll Dave. build another house on the one acre, twenty four acres away from it. Oh, you have a lot of and, options. Uh, There's a lot of options. You have plenty of options. But there. you get to burn the it's Trump been... Hotel. That's the best part, I think. That's that's the sweet. <laughs> that yes. Or build that... it up. Or build it up if you love it, and you might just want to turn uh. it into the biggest university of ever. Yeah, that might just be your whole reason. So, it's either or. We don't <laughs> care. We're not judging, dude. We don't give a fuck. You want to buy this place? Buy it now. Buy it. All right, it's coming. It's happening. I can feel it. I can feel it. I think I think Mike Denver might buy it. Actually, that's what I think. That's we have one guy. He wins everything. He owes us one. I think Mike Denver. Yeah, it's only one point five million, buddy. I signed him up for it. Okay. One point four two million. Oh yeah, one point four two. Yeah, of course. I forgot the deal. See, We're done deal today, guys. Thank you, Adam. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Brett, for calling in. And we'll uh, we'll hopefully uh, well we'll see you before you leave. You're before you hit the road. Oh yeah. <laughs> so wait before guys, you thanks. go. What's the power yeah. in the oh. uh, on the land right now? Power? Quick question on the power. What's the power? Ooh, good question. Uh, I don't have that. I'll check back and we'll uh, we'll post something on the show. Well, the idea, one, but the main idea water? of the place was super. Oh, the water. There you go. You got water, right? We do have a commercial well on the uh, property. Yes. Commercial. Ooh. So you're it's good. A, <laughs> the well was used for commercial uses prior to 1972, which uh, makes. Uh, According to Colorado law, makes it always available for commercial use. So there's been gas stations on this property, restaurants, all sorts of things. It used to be a ghost town. So we burnt the liquor store down to put up this beautiful uh, dispensary, grow uh, MIP, and uh, want to pass this opportunity on to somebody else in the industry to make their dreams come true. So we thank you very much. And yeah, um, lots more questions. We'd uh, love to help answer if anybody has any. Sounds um, good. Like Adam said, we... We had an engineer from uh, Basalt, Colorado, who's been designing these for billionaires, who took us um, on a tour of uh, somebody at a similar elevation that was growing bananas and pineapples in a, in a similar greenhouse, and they were doing it with no energy. 
And it's just like, wow, this is this is how you can take advantage of the cannabis industry. If you well, that's grow. the idea. So super low energy load, so you don't need a lot of power because, I mean, you could put more power, obviously, if you wanted to grow in another building and go indoor or whatever. But for the most part, that is just like a super high efficient energy, like zero use uh well, you're idea. pulling 55 degree air out of the ground, right? 24 yeah. seven. So you, you just run your numbers off of that. I mean, you, it's, that's, it's, that's a great opportunity. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. So you got Dave, as long as you got Dave on the hook, yeah. we're good to go. And we got, and we got Mike Denver, of course. So Denver, he's going to start taking loans out right now as we speak. <laughs> Sounds great. Cool. Right on. Thank you, bro. Well, I appreciate Appreciate it, Adam. Take care, guys. Have Thank a wonderful yep. Friday. Happy, Happy 710. Don't forget. Happy 710, yes. <laughs> Don't forget. Yeah, break out. Join you guys, Zach. Hey, we're 10 minutes away from 710 to 710. Oh, my God. Look at that. 10, min- 10 from 710. Seven. On- oh, my. There's too many 10s, bro. Let's do a, a dab a minute, dude. Too many 10s. Get on that MTI. Dab right. a minute until we get there. Cool. Give me that jar, Adam. I'm just kidding. I'm, dab a minute, dab I'm a kidding minute. with you. So, Jeremy, I don't want to lose you too, man. He's all like, what yeah, about no me? Way. What about me? <laughs> it's a secret. The Mike Tyson kind of town where he's he's bought some sort of resort or something. And Wow, yeah, you, would you, I love to throw an event there. <laughs> uh, I think I can make that happen for you, dude. Don't worry. Let's yeah, do it. Give me the ball, Mike Tyson. Uh, I will uh, make that a success. <laughs> we, have our, we have our ways. We have our ways. Um, yeah, you can, you can get $1.5 by his ghost town and set up your permanent, uh, permanent weed, weed town. There you go. Permanent ghost weed town. Now, it's, <clears throat> it is a beautiful location, and you are close to a lot of really, really good, gorgeous stuff because – it's like uh, coming from the Springs to taking 24 up north or taking 24 west or whatever it is and then uh, going all the way. It's like there's there's little nooks and crannies that are beautiful, but when you hit like right where you're at, it's like the edge of, of the the plains and then the, the mountain back set. It's really beautiful. Beautiful southern part of South Park up here, the beautiful valley. So it is it is great up here. It's funny because when you go to South, when you bring people to South Park, they really expect to see South Park like the like the show somewhere (laughs) magically going to happen. And you're like, no, it doesn't really go like this. Like here we are. They're like, this is it. You're like, yep, this is it. It's like not exactly what I was expecting. The, the, the four characters are up in fair play up there. You can go take your picture in the, 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 the four characters' heads. <laughs> yeah, of course they're going to have at least that, right? But they, there apparently was a festival there, though, about 10 years ago, and it was a pretty good one. Like, it had big, giant, inflatable ones, and I was just like, oh, man. I, that, but they only did it, like, one or two years in a row. And, oh, that's what, we, that's what the world needs. So anyway... Why not start Cartman Land right down here at Antero Junction? Start a whole uh, think <laughs> of the festival. think of the marketing potential, right? You're right there. No one's no one's milking it. You could just be that spot. What do you know? What the, do you guys have a car number per day going by? Because I mean, obviously, that's you're on a ma- you are on a major road, even though it's mountainous. Yeah. I believe it was around five thousand cars a day. Is uh, the traffic study that we had done? Mm-hmm. So. Which for that area is quite a lot. I mean, it's. Yeah, I, I, that's non-holiday times. Obviously, last weekend, Fourth of July, the summer times, it's uh, it's just a parking lot out front of this place here. So, wonderful opportunity. Everybody comes through here on the way up to Buena Vista, and the 
for the rest of the beautiful mountain towns. And when I left there and I went back to the springs, it's pretty bleak as far as like things to get or do. So if you were coming from that way, you would literally just like, as you pulled up to your spot, you'd be like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? Cause I know it, it has that vibe of a, of a, a, once it was rolling, it could really be a, cause you'd see it when you see it for 10, 15 minutes before you can get to it. And it's just by itself. You know what I mean? It is what it is. It's like the cannabis roadside attraction. Come see the largest bud in South Park, Colorado. Oh my God. <laughs> you would go. Yeah, definitely. Definitely create a little, you know, have to pay ten bucks to walk through the back and see the <laughs> the mutant cow, mutant cow with three Ooh, eyes. Integrity Farms T-shirt. Oh my! God. Oh, did we tell you the story of the the girls' field trip with me on the way home from school one day? <laughs> no, what was we, that? We actually did see a, a cow uh, on the way uh, on the way to school one day, and so we stopped on the way home. There was a a, a cow that had uh, looked like it gotten a uh, I don't know abducted by aliens or something like that its eyeballs had got sucked out of its head and its anus was really weird it was bloated and nothing else was there it wasn't like it was attacked by an animal or anything like that it was it had like it was, been uh, cored it had been cored oh yeah well we got ufo guy right here live ufo guy so you're lucky you've got an expert who's done documentaries on ufos did you do one or two two, I did two. see yeah. two documentaries that's like an expert right there what do you think about Cord, anus, no eyes. <laughs> oh, it's a common story. It happens all the time. The cow mutilations. Well, they're they're big in that. They're big in the San Luis Valley, right? That's like where two's from. Where not from? Where two lives. And there's definitely a lot of cow mutilations going on down there. What the hell? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, they think dun, they're harvesting dun, dun. their organs and then like reusing them in uh, experiments. That's like a theory that I have heard. <laughs> I, I thought the I thought the rumor was it was a part of an elixir of immortality for the aliens or something like that. So, uh -huh. Cow yeah. anus so is, like, the, is the secret ingredient. The concept is that like some a lot of these aliens maybe they can't go back to their planet, and so they have to like harvest resources from various places throughout the universe and so like organic resources are something they would take from us and like the cow mutilation thing sometimes is like um so people think that it's an agreement that certain uh, governments have made with aliens in exchange for technology that you can like take some people maybe you can take some animals and for whatever reason you need these organs for you know growing things or using them for maybe an elixir or whatever it may be. So yeah, that's a that's an ongoing theory. Elixir. Interesting. Huh? Interesting. Oh, we lost. Did we lose uh did we lose uh Brett? Oh you did. Yep. Oh he was I'm sure he was right on that. He they they that was not it's weird. the aliens just abducted him. He got abducted. They were like <laughs> Anal That's probes. It. Whoa. Anal, anal core. <laughs> that escalated core. quickly. <laughs> okay, so go back to Task Rock now. They want to know. Oh, there it is. Boom. Uh, yeah, so Task Rock was one tiny track with... Um, Closer to the mic, if you can. Yeah, so Task Rock was on uh, Tiny Chat with uh, Healthstone. And... Oh, yeah, I remember Healthstone. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think it was Beehive Clothing, and they were having a conversation about how 
they, you know, 420 is kind of secret code for smoking. And what? they felt like, oh, maybe we should have like. Not anymore, own. dude. It was secret Forgot until you it. told everybody. You just outed it to everybody. Told everybody man. about 420. Fuck. Now they all know. Real quick. <laughs> you didn't put that in one of your movies, did you? Yeah, next spoiler. So 710 was oil upside down task, you know, suggested that be the number that we have as part of our, and the community was small back then, you know, like that was one of the blessings is, um, you know, for the most part, we knew each other to a certain degree or knew of each other. Like, like, so the word spread relatively quickly through the community. Okay. 710 is the, the number for, for, uh, dabbing and for using concentrates so uh that is how it began and uh, yeah. well it's also perfect timing too with um july 10th because it's like april's always a little iffy and uh we kind of get the vibe then and then if you really were like deep in the industry 710 was like a great like it just is like higher quality. It seemed like higher quality smokers involved just because they were obviously more on, you know, it was just, it kind of was narrowed it down at that point. I was like, instead of just like, cause 420 definitely got uh, blown out to the point where you're like, Oh my God, if I hear one more person say 420, I'll be like one, one minute to seven ten. keep your nails up. All right, everybody get your, get your gear out. So, uh, so European 710, because they write the date differently, it's uh, October 7th in Europe, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, true. So you get an extra day, then it's another day. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so it's I even like better. Uh, European 710 as well. But it doesn't make sense because it's 107, so you really like have to be like in a mirror on the day, then it works, That's right? Cool. Well, for them, I guess, like they, they're used to it. They're like, oh, yeah, always the day that comes before the month. Yeah, so they'll, so they'll never experience. It's just another holiday for us. Yeah, so. yeah for them. All right, start. Mark, ten seconds. Get the drum roll. Ten. Let's do a drum roll too. Five. God, don't four, make them do so much. Three, two. Happy seven ten seven ten. Dun, 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 seven ten seven ten. Yeah. By Ontario Junction. Now, this is it. Get in your brains. <laughs> Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy, 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 now, now, now. <laughs> now, $80,000 off. The most incredible done deal ever. Mike Denver's got to do it. He's, he's the man, I'm telling you. He's the man for it. Mike Denver is going to his basement to find all that pirate treasure and all that unused gold <laughs> that he hasn't had and that he hasn't used, and he's just going to sell it and buy the property. I knew it. I knew it. Nice. <coughs> what we? What are you smoking on there, Jeremy? What do you got? What do you got? What rig you got? Oh, so I'm in a room where I can't smoke. Oh, you so suck balls right now. What are you doing? I just look it off the like, show. That's it. Fired. Fired. No one's gonna listen. Mark, to mute him. Mute him. Delete the whole show. <laughs> I, I have a I have a, a rig made by Lurch, uh-huh. and uh, just like a regular banger. Uh, I don't have any Turp pearls, but that's the new. The oh new well, app. go to rubypearlco.com. Yeah. Follow them on Instagram, rubypearlco. They they were very kind to us. They sent us some, and we've given some away. 
And so go check them out at Ruby. But I I just don't have any here. And and like, for me, that's not how I'm, uh, I'm going to probably start trying to transition to dabbing that way a little more, but that's not, that's not the way that I I don't take huge globs. So I'm good with kind of like, Oh, watch Adam. He does not only huge globs, he's got this crossway exhale breath so he can show off. So he's actually inhaling while he's exhaling. No, it's called circular circular breathing, my friend. You just do circular breathing. Come on. I'm not a, I'm not big on the electronic rigs either and cold starts. That's not the way that Oh, I, like. I love cold starts. Come on now. Come on. It's, yeah, it's for personals it's way nicer though because I just like you end up torch you end up fucking your bowls up if you overdo it, you uh, know what so I mean? The way I do it is I do the same amount of heat up as a cold start, but I dab, you know, after. I'm okay. kind of all know the heat degrades oil i got you so, so you so you're just so you don't go very long you just do like a 10 12 uh, to yeah. 15 seconds yeah, 12 yeah, to 15 yeah. seconds or something like that or yeah yeah my my one at home i do eight seconds okay. eight seconds you know, bam, right in. that's how i do it okay well that's good that's good that is good uh good we're gonna have to power through shout outs so oh, one more oh don't worry. we got plenty of time what's up um i'm doing a book about all of my crazy uh experiences in the cannabis industry like the various times i almost got arrested doing the secret cup in all over the world <laughs> and uh and then also get actually getting arrested and then um the uh the various times i've been robbed and, and home invaded in oh. my earlier years so wow well give us a give us a little uh so oh man so you, the, make it the, sound, you make it sound like it was a regular, like, yeah, you know, the times I got home invaded, the 20 times. Yeah, yeah. I, so I've been home invaded twice. And uh, so, like, one of the times was uh, the, the last time that I got home invaded, it was, like, somebody I was selling weed to, and they had been, like, coming over and buying an ounce of weed for me on the regular. And uh, they came over, and they had brought a friend. I'm In the book, I will tell this in a far more detailed way. But uh, they basically, they, they had planned this out. They're like, oh, they'd seen me with a lot of weed or something. And, I, you know, some people have these weird theories, like they can just take what I have and all of a sudden they have my life. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, it's not worked that way, unfortunately. Um, but so, so they showed, he showed up with a big guy and like while they were buying weed, the big guy pulled out a gun. Oof. And like I grabbed the gun while he was pulling it out and I tried to wrestle it away from him for a little while, but he was big and, and, uh, he took it, he, he got it. You know, I didn't fight with him too much to where like the gun went off or anything like that. And then, uh, they were shook after that. Like they were not prepared for me to fight back in any sort of way. And then I kept not listening to them. So like they would try to put me on the couch and like tie me up and I'm like not having it. And uh, my other friend was there and he was being really nice. It was almost like a good cop, bad cop situation where he was like trying to say, Hey, just take this. And, and this is where everything is. And, and I'm like freaking out. I've been through so many situations. I'm like PTSD. Like I'm getting up the guys like pointing the gun in my face. And I'm like still like resisting. I'm kind of surprised I did not get shot in that whole process. But ultimately, was like, this Nor- was this in NorCal? Was this up in NorCal or? No, no, this was at my house in West Hollywood. Oh, in West Hollywood. I, I owned a condo and I used to just sell weed out of it. Like, uh, people would call me up and they'd be like, hey, I need some weed or dabs or whatever it is. 
they come is that how it works? Is that how it all works? <laughs> I was so confused for so long. I was like, how are people getting all these dabs? Yeah, yeah, that's how, how it was. We were some of the first to sell it to dispensaries, too. But, uh, like, um, they, this guy showed up, and, like, he basically took I, – I kind of had enough experiences that I knew I didn't put all my weed out in an obvious place. So I had multiple pounds in the house, maybe, like, a, 10 pounds in the house somewhere. Mm. And they knew that kind of, but they didn't know. It wasn't like easy to find or anything like that. They looked around a little bit and they didn't see, you know, anything more. And they were so like shook from the whole mm. experience. They just took my weed that was on the table. And then I had a couple of slabs of concentrate and they took that. So it was like, they got away with a couple thousand bucks, probably worth of stuff. But right. no, then, I know it sucks. It, it's, it's, it's weird though in those kind of situations. Cause I've had that in Amsterdam too, where I got robbed by gunpoint and it was all like surreal in the sense that like, I, I didn't think about it until after the fact I was all jack, jacked up from just like, like, not realizing how dangerous it was well realizing oh, yeah. it but at the same time like and, and it was no i mean there was like i was no way i could resist either because the guys had uzis and shit and i was like all right i'm on the and, and the funny part was is that the guy who i was with literally 10 minutes before this all went down was doing all these like karate maneuvers before the guys showed up and goes if anything goes down I'm going to do that. And like he tried all these moves that he was going to do. And then we were both laying on the ground and I looked over at him and I was like, nice karate moves. Right. And he's all, dude, you're like, you're responsible. You're like trying to like twist it all on me at that moment. I was just like, Oh my God, two minutes ago you were, I'm going to kick these guys asses yeah. if they you're do Jean anything. Claude Van Damme ready to go. With oh, he was, he was, yeah, it was hilarious. But, uh, well, we lost 20 grand. I had to fucking pay 20 grand back for the, for the hash loss. But still, it was one of those, like, it took a whole day for me to realize how intense it was of a situation. Like, then the next next day, I, like, was like, oh, my God, dude. I was like, all right, I'm moving out. I wanted to move at that point, so. It's a scary thing when it happens, you know. It is. So it I, is. I almost got arrested uh, doing the secret cup in Spain, and that's kind of a fun story, too. A little less, like, horrible. It has a good ending. So, uh, so, so going to Spain to do the Seeker Cup, um, you know, I've, I'm kind of like at this point, I've, I've had my real name in magazines. Like I'm out there to a point where I'm not like just some secrety character that can kind of slide under the radar. I know that I might set off some red flags and that, you know, going through the airport, I may have a situation where they're going to want to look at me, right? So but knowing that, I wasn't planning to bring any sort of hash or, or anything like that. I told people I couldn't take their entries and yada, yada, yada. But last minute, somebody that was a pretty close friend said to me they wanted to enter the event and, and the only way they could get their hash over there was if I took it. And so I said, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, <laughs> what was that? Snuffleupagus. Oh, I sorry, I hit mute and it didn't mute. <laughs> Snuffleupagus over here, Jesus. I had a whole suitcase full of trophies. So, so like I had emails, I had um, glass rigs, I had a torch tube, I had all kinds of crazy stuff in this suitcase. And like little, like you know, our our little like um, prize pendants and all all the things that kind of went along with it. So yeah. lots of little knickknacks and glass and. Just a full. It, it was like my 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 suitcase was similar to a booth at an event, right? Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, I flew out from LAX to Spain. I arrived in Spain. And uh, as I'm getting off the plane, there's a guy standing at the very exit. So like not, a, not through the tube or what he's by the plane. So I could not get off the plane without seeing this guy, you know, and he has my picture. And, <laughs> and he says to me, he says, don't You're worry, fucked. everything's so. fine, but you got to come with me. <laughs> wow. He's like, everything's fine. He said that like 20 times. So I knew that everything was definitely not fine. (laughs) Something was up. And he's like, yeah, just come with me. We just got to go somewhere. And he was like full, the police in Spain, they look like Iraqi military. Like he has a machine gun. Like this is, this is a very intimidating situation. He has one of those little hats. Yeah, they're wearing a beret. Yeah, they got the beret on. Like it, it looks like Desert Storm or something to me. You know, I'm like, oh my God. Okay, well, um, I kind of figure I know what this is about. You know, probably they want to look at my suitcase, but there's nothing yet that said that I'm caught, you know? So I had, sta- I had taken this slab that uh, they wanted to enter into the Seeker Cup, and I hid it in one of the email boxes. So it was somewhat discreetly hidden. You'd have to kind of get in there and, and get, you know, yeah. around. But in America, you know they'd find that. You know, like um, in Spain, I didn't know what the deal was going to be. I, I hope for the best. And then going to Amsterdam, my experience was like getting off the plane in Amsterdam. If you don't talk to anybody, nobody talks to you. You just walk right out the door with whatever for the large majority, unless like you're setting off some sort of red flag, maybe. Yeah, or unless they have your picture while standing at the plane <laughs> as you're getting off. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and so like it was my passport picture, right? So they'd like somehow like, got a picture of me off my passport and some record of and they brought me downstairs into the air- airport in Barcelona. And, um, it, you know, downstairs, it's like a whole bunch of these guys with these mil- and women. And it's like, it, it's like getting taken into like some sort of army barrack or something like that. And they bring me over to an area where there's maybe like, say, say eight to 10 guys standing all around my stuff. My suitcases are all open, but nobody's gone through them yet. And they're all sitting on a table. Okay. And so I realize, okay, they want to look at my stuff right now. I don't know why. And who knows, this may be like some sort of reasonable explanation. So, um, so they're like, Hey, we want to look through your stuff. Like, can you like sign this off or something? And, And we can now look through your stuff. And there's only like, maybe one or two of them that speak English at all. They all speak in Spanish to each other or, or whatever the language is in Barcelona. It's like, uh, so that's what they're speaking. And so, um, so I don't understand, but I, I'm kind of getting the gist of it and I'm cool enough to where they're not freaked out yet. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Look through my stuff, you know, sign it up. And so they're, they're looking through my first suitcase, which is all my regular stuff. And they're, you know, and they're barely looking through it. Like they're kind of going through it and like, you know, they're, they're not seeing kind of what they were wanting. They get to my other suitcase with all the uh, stuff from the award ceremonies and, you know, all the prizes and the emails and all this shit. And they start looking through it and then they're talking to each other and they're like, Oh yeah, this is cannabis stuff. You know, like you can tell they're like, but, but it's not, actual cannabis and this is kind of odd too that i would have so many and it would be so blatantly just placed 
in this. Then I had tried to hide nothing, you know, to, to them. They're like just seeing everything. And so then one of them says, uh, we had timed the secret cup at the same time as Spanibus to take advantage of people being in town for uh, Spanibus. And then maybe we could get a little of that overlay and being in town for secret cup, it gave people maybe a little incentive of also going for that. Right. So uh, they start saying to each other, hey, festival de cannabis. And then they start saying the name of the city that uh, Spanibus is in. I forget what the name is. But it's, it's not Barcelona. It's close. It's like Barcelona and, or something, right? It? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. And so they start saying the name, and I recognize the name of the city. And I hear them saying Festival de Cannabis, and I know, okay, they're talking about Spanibus. And they're like, oh, they think I have a booth at Spanibus. This is clearly what they think. Mm-hmm. And so the, the one that speaks English to me turns to me. He's like, hey, do you have a booth at the Festival de Cannabis? I'm like, Yeah. Of course. Like, yeah, that's why I'm here. And they're like, oh, do you have any paperwork to, to show that you have? I'm like, no, I don't have it. It's like, you know, I could get it for you. No, like, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. They zip up my bags and off I went. <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, get, people yeah, get worried. People get worried on the opposite, which is like people think like, oh, they know the festivals here, so they're really looking hard. But I've, you know, very rare. I actually did hear that the last time we were at Spanibus. Remember, we heard some. I don't know. Did we hear that on the way out? Like people were getting checked because they were coming. A couple of people went at Spanibus last time we went. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they knew. Like they were like already kind of like on the like. Oh, Spanibus is this oh, yeah. date. So they set up extra people, and they just like anybody that looked super wookie coming off the plane was like, <laughs> okay, wookie, wookie boy, you're coming with me. You know what I mean? So the guy said to me, he's like, hey, did you bring any cannabis? And like, I'm like, no. look, I brought all this stuff. Yeah. Of course, I did not bring any cannabis. You know? Yeah. And that was that was enough for them. Against the rules. I've been in trouble in LAX though before. Have, and with dogs, everything. With dogs though, you may have been fine too because I haven't really seen dogs hit on oil so much. Like they don't really seem to I get it. I don't know if it's the same. It, it's unless there's a lot of myrcene in there because that's what they're testing. That's, that's what they're, they train with. They train with myr- just with myrcene. They don't have cannabis at all. They just take myrcene, put that's it so in a dog toy, and go here you go. This is what weed smells like, and. Uh, so the dogs well, are super attuned to that. Like if any your weed is high, high nursing. I personally had too. So like, you know, when I first got into dabbing and everything, I smoked a lot of cannabis too. I vaporized. And then as I got more into dabbing, it became like I only dab. They would might go a week, maybe even a couple weeks, long time before I actually smoked a joint or took a bong hit or any of that stuff. And I developed a nose for cannabis that I was immune to because I always smelled like cannabis. Right. So we're like, I can smell it from like down the road. I'd come out of my apartment and and I'd, I'd be like, I smell weed. And I'd start looking around and I'd see people like on the corner smoking weed. And I'd be like, oh shit, I can smell that. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, all those times that I was like smoking somewhere and I saw somebody and I was like, oh, they look like they can tell I'm smoking weed. Yeah. They, they didn't. They, they knew, <laughs> and it is like a huge smell that I just was not aware of how potent it was. Oh, no, because you stink like weed all the time, so you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. does that weed smell like anything? But dabbing somehow. I love when you get on elevators like, and people just all look at you, and you're like, yeah, that's me. You're like, yep, mm-hmm. that's me, all right. They're like, oh, my God. 
Like you've just ruined their entire life by going into the. I also thought that the pens didn't smell at all, and then I hit my pen one time uh, going onto an airplane. Yeah. And I heard some kids behind me turn to their dad, and they're like, "Dad, I smell a skunk." Really. And I was like, "Ah, (laughs) "This smells more than I thought it smelled." Definitely, definitely. Um, so we're going to wind down because we got to do shout-outs. And, yeah. uh, so tell us about those UFO. Uh, quickly, tell us about your UFO movies and stuff. Are those available? Yeah, yeah. You can watch those? Are those... All, all my all my movies are available on Amazon Prime. Tell us, uh, okay. The UFO one you can also get on Tubi TV and on Pluto TV. And I think maybe our Bigfoot one also, but I'm not sure. And, and I'm, from what I hear, they're on the streaming illegal sites, too. You might be able to find them there. If you just look up my IMDb, you can see that. Right. I have um, a few cannabis projects in the works that are not released yet, but coming soon. We're doing a cannabis pioneers project. So you mentioned Rob Clark earlier. He's one of the ones we're featuring in uh, the cannabis pioneers project. And awesome. It's an ongoing thing. Hopefully a series will be made out of that. And then uh, like with a different producing team, I'm doing a cooking show and the cooking show is like really professional. There's maybe 20 something on different people working on the cooking show. And my concept for a cooking show is completely different than any other cooking show that is about cannabis. And, you know, I'm trying to not really release it, but it's, I think we're far enough along that I could talk a little bit about it. But my my concept basically is, when we consume cannabis, like none of us are like, Hey, let's, let's go make some cookies. You know, like we smoke some weed and then we'll go like, Hey, let's go eat at the Korean barbecue place. Or like, let's go eat here or let's go eat there. The way that you kind of use cannabis and food almost always is that you're smoking and then you're eating. Mm -hmm. And so my cooking show basically is on that concept. And then it kind of, I hopefully can incorporate a few. We have glass incorporated into it. I'm, I'm hoping to kind of touch on a lot of uh, core concepts that real cannabis smokers will identify with. So. Do you got anybody who gets stoned and then bakes authentic New York City bagels in Colorado? Ooh, hey, there's a guy. We want to do all kinds of stuff like that, and like traveling mm-hmm. to different places. There you go. We got a show for. We got a show for you. You know, that's, yeah, we that's what we want to do. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, but so, so you go to your page, uh, Jerry Minori, yeah, yeah. on and- Amazon prime, you can find the things, but it, the easiest way is to just go on imdb.com and put in my name, Jeremy Nori, and, then and you'll see all the movies that I'm associated with. Cool. Well, there you go. Can you put that link up, maybe, Mark? Yeah, let's see. Mark was like, no, don't ask me to do that. Damn it. Are you on Instagram, Jeremy? No. Do you post anything yeah, from yeah, there? So he I, forgets I he's like it. on Rogan now, where I just point at shit and it happens. Mark! Do it! I have a few Instagrams. <laughs> so I have like my own personal one. I have the Secret Cup uh, official. At Secret Cup official. I also have at Sky Island Storytelling because I live in Big Bear. Uh, that is a Sky Island. So uh, I have found out about this terminology. That's geographically the official uh, terminology for what that is. I love the concept because I have this anime thing <laughs> for my past where like in anime it's an ongoing uh you know concept that uh rich people are going to leave us all behind and live in an island in the sky and so uh (laughs) we have tickets uh, do i have tickets or you'll see it in like a lot of different like sci-fi things and stuff like that didn't they do that in alita 
Zalem. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it comes from. Battle Angel is one of the main uh, animes that has that in it. Yeah, and they live in an island in the sky. It's in Elysium. Look at um, you all animate up, Dave. Well, yeah. that's also Elysium was going to be the next one. Yeah, Elysium has it too. And like, so you'll see it kind of a, it's a recurring theme in a lot of different like folklore and, and stuff like that. And so that is officially what Big Bear is. It's an island in the sky because it's like a forest and underneath is a desert. So my Instagram is at Sky Island Storytelling. And uh, that is my kind of, they're, they're starting to put it into my films now. That's like basically my production company or, or, you know, I don't know what you would call it, but I don't have the official company yet, but that's like kind of where we're going with it. Cool. All right. <laughs> so people should look for that. It's yeah. awesome, Jeremy. Nice. It's, I think it was awesome timing because uh, we were supposed to have you on last week and then we decided not to because we all wanted to take the day off because Mark, blame, blame Mark. Mark didn't want to go to do what? the show. Yeah, Mark killed the show last week, guys. <laughs> Just so you know, everybody, it was Mark's up, fault. He wanted to go <laughs> off and have fun, so I let him do it. But it's cool. We got to do the 710 show, uh, which I think you were uh, the perfect guest for that because you were there since the beginning. And all these integral parts of what we do, which is kind of what I did back, you know, in Amsterdam before that. So it's always oh, nice yeah. to always nice to be there, talk to the people who were there when it happened. Because you are uh, you are one of my inspirations, Adam. So. Thank you. I love to be inspirational. That's always a nice thing. But back in the day, I was doing what I thought was the best thing in the world to do, and I think I was right because it was. Now people are trying to do the same thing, and. It's harder and harder to get those magic moments in cannabis, but uh, make them yourself because that's what we did. And those were the, you know, some of those times when you did those crazy things and almost got arrested and took all those risks. Uh, those are, those are going to last you forever. You know, Instagram pages and bullshit that we all get sucked into are momentary fleeting things but like when you do actual stuff which is i think the cool part about cannabis it makes you get super exciting to do cool weird shit that you maybe don't think about doing normally but get all high and get into your own you know your favorite hobby or your favorite thing and that's like the best moments of your life right where you're like super high and you have that moment in time to do something that you've been fucking wanting to do forever and during this weird time that's all i've been doing which has been cool so i've been at home fixing weird shit and doing stuff and i think we're in this weird Making moment weird time moves. and i think cannabis people have the best time to fucking reflect and you know use cannabis to their advantage to fucking like we're not stressed out. We're the least stressed out people right now because we were smoking more weed than ever, which is so, you know, that's the built-in handicap that I love about this thing. Um, but we have to do our shout outs uh, for the show, pay the bills. So I want to thank Jeremy. And then also I uh, want to thank Brent calling in from Antero Junction. Remember, we're going to have the link up on the page so people can look at all the different things. <clears throat> Basically, you're going to own a ghost town. That's already cool. That's already cool. That's like bucket list shit for people. Owning ghost towns. It's on a major highway crossing. It's can You've got the cannabis set up already to go. You just have to kind of like add plants and fucking wall a couple, you know, add some details. And you get yourself a fucking business rolling. And you can fucking throw in all sorts of other cool shit there. Because think about oh. those places you go by. Oh, what do we got? Yeah, we got dogs. You try to over, you try to like overtake the show now with the dog. Ugh. Yeah, look at the uh, doggy bookie. <laughs> Can't smoke weed, but he can bring in dogs. They're just like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, I want to 
thank everybody for checking in. And if you want to own that greenhouse, 25 acres, major location, fucking commercial well, ready to roll, burn down the Trump Tower or Trump Trump Tower, Trump uh, Hotel. That's that's already my, that's worth a million bucks. Cool right? Trump Schoolhouse. That's like your the university. We're calling that Trump University. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. Burn it down. No, we're not. Paint it gold. Paint it gold. Burn it down. It's a million dollars. It has nothing to do with the Trump family, the president, or anything like that. No one is suggesting that at all. Indirectly. It's some good-hearted banter. Okay. Well, anyway. Own own that spot. Uh, Cool. 80 grand off. 1.42 million. That's act for twenty five acres. That's that's with beautiful. water rights and an existing eighty seven hundred foot greenhouse with the ability to pull fifty five degree new, like air out new. of the ground. Yeah, brand new, never even like. Yeah, that's even, that's that's a great deal. Haven't hasn't even been ridden hard like many greenhouses you get these days. You're like, Woof, that is not a greenhouse. <laughs> How big's the residence? I'm sorry. What was the question? How big is the residence? Oh gosh, I think it's uh, twelve hundred square feet, something like that. I was, was going to say twelve fifty. I was going to say twelve fifty. There you go, Adam. Yeah, three bedroom, two bath. It's got a cozy little kitchen, dining room area, a uh, little uh, patio area out front. They made it nice. Green back. It's play. De- it's decent, but it's one of those places yeah. where you could go off and build your your dream empire. You're a ghost town of your dreams, right there. It's got pretty good internet because if you were on Adam's farm right now, you'd have you've been cut off. You you walk ten feet from your your router, you're done. Yeah, look at that. Oh, I, oh. It's got a good signal. Yeah, it's gonna go all bad now just because you said that. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, thank you for joining. Thank we're you. gonna do our shout outs, pay the bills, and we'll see thank you guys soon. We'll see you. I'll see you physically, Brent, soon. And and uh, yeah, Jeremy, well. I will see you hopefully soon. We'll see how it goes with. Yeah, hopefully. At some point, um, I always tell the story of, I just told Dave earlier how I always mix your voice with the other Jeremy in my mind and get this kind of like his, I don't know, it's, it still happens to this day. I confuse, even though I know who I'm talking to, I imagine voice, I have a crossover in my head. <laughs> I've transferred the people over. So uh, nice talking to you guys, and we'll talk soon. Peace out. Peace out. And right out of the gate. Oh, I went over to New Millennium and show off your new hat. Go ahead and let's get get in this. Oh, make them happy. They're gonna be like, "Where is it, man?" I gave him his hat. There it is. Oh yeah, don't listen to him. With I don't have a camera. Come on, show off. You gotta, you gotta like, yeah, model. (laughs) I just said I didn't think it would fit your head. There. No one's gonna see you. What about that one? You see your back. You're, you're the tech guy. You can't make a shot of yourself. No, you're nowhere. It's like... Gotta buy another camera. Wow. <laughs> anyway, New Millennium. I went over to the warehouse, saw Cole. They are killing it. Uh, place. I, I mean, there's a lot of product going on. They have a new uh, new uh, fan, which I think we're going to have to get our hands on. Some crazy bolt-on Rook fan that they're representing over there at 5.8, which is the uh, the guys who are distributing New Millennium. But then the New Millennium just rocking. People are finally getting uh, on point with this. It's uh, 
you know, if you're doing any kind of production and you want, you're looking for something that's easy to use, you can use it on uh, Dosatrons. They have ready-to-go units for that. Um, or if you're just small and you're growing a few plants, uh, super easy to use. Uses the seasons to uh, kind of keep it in check. You got your three standalone products that I always represent on the sh- on the show. One is Decision, which nobody makes anything like that. So if you're in between your phases and you want to um, get the maximum response out of the gate, you use this one product, Decision. Use it two times uh, in between, and then bam, you'll see that right away. Between that that one right away, you'll see the difference, and also the Winter Frost. And the Ruby and the Ruby Vulvic uh, are my three sort of standalone products. Winter Frost being the one that you can really see the difference between your normal runs because you're uh, (coughs) very familiar with it already. You drop that Winter Frost in at the end uh, and your plants really uh, respond a lot. And then the Ruby Fulvic, I I, I love it because it's got 11 kinds of fulvic acid mixed into one, which is, uh, you know, uh, pretty much the the peak uh, element that you want to use. Um, humic and fulvics, uh, fulvic being like even top dog on, on the different kinds of uh, acids there. If you use uh, those three products alone, you can see the difference. But if you use the whole line, of course, it makes it even better. But if you go to newmillenniumnutrients.com, you go for the done deal. You can check out the calculator, figure out how much you need for what you're doing. Um, they are super backed up, so. A lot of people have been asking for pep packs. I know they're kind of running, they were backed up on them. So Cole wanted contact us if you're interested, um, both of us. Contact them and contact us direct just because I can kind of make it uh, easier because they are so, they got like six months worth of backed up stuff when it comes to uh Are you saying samples. you can facilitate a little move oh, to the top of the line? 100%. I can go by there and be there like, how many done deals? It'll be like six. I'll be like, bam, give them to me. Boop, 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 done, deal. True done, done deal. deal. Nice. But you got to represent contact. Next, of course, your favorite. Incredibles Dave. Animals, Oh, baby. look at that packaging. Where'd that come from? It's brand new packaging. Holy shit. That's nice. Well, yeah, that's right. They, so they're, they're not, they, I saw that with Green Thumb Industries. They announced new packaging, and they also have new flavors for their 1,000 milligrams. Wow, look um, at all this. Yeah, they're awesome. They're, they are fantastic. The most consistent edibles in the industry. You gotta try them. Uh, what, what, what can we say about them, right? I don't, are they? They're not vegan, but they are really tasty. So, Adam, I don't know if you can eat them if they're not vegan. It's fine. They're quali- so, I'm a qualitarian, you know me. So they are quality. That's right. And that's what I love quality. So another thing about you them can pick is them up and like consistency, like you were saying, is is the key right out of the gate. And uh, you can see now they're streamlining their their style styling. Huh? It's very yeah. This is new. <laughs> Wow. We have idea. to oh, we have to almost change the order so that we can talk about all the places you can get Incredibles in the state and get a discount on them as we're talking about them instead of later. But uh, you can get them at like what five hundred and sixty dispensaries across the state of Colorado right now. So you can go anywhere and grab them. Pretty much everyone, um, yeah. All the any anywhere where there's quality, they're gonna have them. I, I have to I have to say I have been eating them every day since the quarantine started or this whole COVID nightmare, and it, they've really helped. So go to iloveincredibles.com uh, for their THC products that you can pick up in a dispensary. But if you want CBD and get twenty percent off your order, go to truepurecbd.com or is it truepuremark? 
without the CBD? TruePuro.com. TruePuro.com. There you go. And enter the done deal. You get 20% off all their CBD products, and they ship anywhere in the United States. So same qual- fantastic. Same, same high-quality products, this time CBD-related and done deal. That's, that's what we're talking about right there. And extremely tasty. Extremely tasty. And uh, your parents are loving it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's rekindled their marriage. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. True Pure True has Pure. rekindled com. their True Pure. Rekindling True marriages. One, one marriage at a time. Yeah. That's it. Right on. Uh, and then build a soil. Oh, shit. Dot com. I, I oh. follow them on Instagram, and I have to tell you, Crushing. I am oh, no. so impressed. I mean, crushing, crushing it. Up? We we changed the, the the we changed it around for some reason. Remember? Oh, we did. We're we gonna did do s- we're gonna do green farm so we could do the done deal. Blah 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 blah. Oh, we switched. Oh, oh. so, so green forgot. farms med. There we go. Oh, go oh, good. Yeah, I was wondering what's going on. It's tripping me out. Okay, Colorado Springs. Boom. Right. Uh-huh. Ask for the done deal. Yep. You can get Incredibles there, so you can get the done deal also. That's and again, it. they have a fire Instagram feed going on right now. Yeah. I mean, it is. Well, the thing Top is, notch. like I told you, I went there a few weeks ago. The veg was doing awesome, and that's where it all comes down to. Like when you get your veg on lock, things are looking good in the veg. Oh, that was the other thing too. That country fruit, twenty percent, twenty point seven percent terpenes. I'm like what? <laughs> like holy shit! It's like I tell I, and I, I told the kid, and he's just like, "What? That's impossible!" So the kid's coming out. We may do even a collab with the kid. The kid might get the kid there at the green farms collabing. The kid sure. with the X show that he. Um, no, the show's coming back, guys. Oh. By the way, show's coming back. I don't want to get sidetracked on the, on that, but kid kid show's coming back. But Wednesdays, because he can't do Wednesday. Fridays, and he's gonna do Wednesday. I don't know the time. I think he's gonna go for the four twenty time slot Wednesday. Nice. Time out with the kid. Time out with the kid. Try again. Try again. <laughs> try again, kid. Sweet. Hey, kid. Try it again. Greenfarmsmed.com. 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 That's it. And, and Green Farms Feed and Seed in uh, Louisville. Oh, yeah. I think they're actually not even affiliated 100%, but they're still affiliated. So it's like one of those, like, uh, half affiliated. Partially we'll give affiliated. him a nice shout out. We'll give him a shout out. Well, yeah. Speaking of affiliated. Build a soil. Oh, affiliation. Buildasoil.com. Build a soil, crushing it. Um, guys over at Build a Soil, uh, like you said, great Instagram feed. You can see them growing in. They're also doing the mushrooms, uh, which is pretty much the hot thing. It seems like every grower right now has got mushrooms going at the same time because we all figured out that we need to be self-sustaining, which is important. Well, you can't glance over that. The way he sells them in what? those square bricks oh, yeah, and it's take, take and bake, you know, boom, boom, you're out the door. Cut, so cut, cut Yeah, well, fantastic. no, you got to, I think they're like a two-week turnaround, though, so they're like, don't, okay. you're not out the door. You got to be like, call it in, <coughs> right? Because that's the thing, you're all made to order. And You can't get the done deal, though? Oh, you get, get the done deal the on top everything. Of the line? Everything there, done deal. You just go there to go. go to the website. But you might have to wait two weeks, even if you order it tomorrow, because they got to like, okay, cool, you got, you're in the line now, and then they put, they get it out to you. But that's why you know they're good, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want fucking quality, and just on in, in general, everything they got has been vetted properly, and it's all like or, obviously organic. But on top of that, um, free freight inside of Colorado, New Mexico, over 500 bucks, which if you're grinding soil and stuff, that's a huge deal because you're like, oh, shit, 
like now we're actually making now it's making sense done deal as we said done deal build a soil.com oh yeah 855-877 soil give them a call if you have to do that because you're living out where there's no internet i don't know how you're listening to the show though so uh, you're kind of like what? what there's nobody like no dialing into a friend that's listening on youtube oh you're listening oh that's true yeah there you go yeah yeah could be that guy <laughs> you could right. be that one guy yeah we're marketing to him uh next and it's ozocoffee.com oh jesus there we yeah, go yeah man i love hey listen the, every come on right the it's fans killer. they're all into breeding and genetics and different strains of cannabis well ozo coffee has uh, like 13 14 different strains of coffee all the time mm-hmm. on tap and so you can go down to any of their stores i think they have like five locations right now throughout boulder lewisville longmont mm-hmm. um but the beauty is they send a sourcer out to these small local farms across the globe and they buy up the bean and then they roast it on a 1959 roaster. So give them a chance. You can go to ozocoffee.com and enter done deal in the, uh, whatever the promo code or the checkout and you'll get 20% off your first order. And uh, it is, it is my coffee of choice. Um, they have, so many fantastic strains, excuse me, beans. So give them a shot. Go to ozocoffee.com, enter done deal in the promo code and get 20%. Everybody off knows it's strands anyway, bro. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't even, don't That's even what everybody start. knows. Everyone knows it's strands. Everybody knows that. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you get, so definitely like do yourself a favor and order five pounds of coffee instead of one pound and get a real good done deal because you get the deal right out of the gate. And don't order some little tiny amount, and then go. This is really good coffee. Now I need to order more because that doesn't make sense. We'll get. We'll tell you it's very good coffee because I had. I got. I got my five pounds and went. Boom. I got another five pound bag for you. I sucked right through that bitch. I still got the other one from the second one, but the first one took a little while to get it rolling. But no, once you once you try this coffee, it's going to be really difficult to drink anything else. It really is top notch. It's like the, when you when you're younger and the first time somebody turns you on to really good kind bud, when you know when it was a, a dating yourself back in the eighties. When you start thinking you about all the back. swag you drank before, you're like, "Fuck oh, yeah!" God, what was I drinking? Never drink another fucking cup of Folgers again. Well, you know, I hope you're not drinking Folgers now. No, Ozo coffee. Okay. And then our buddies mm-hmm. in oh, Barcelona. Shit. Speaking they're of which, open. I talked to Petey today. He said it's crazy over there. Of course, again now. I, Everybody's wants to have a spot in Barcelona because Barcelona is sure. the fucking spot to be, which we already knew that. And if you're in Barcelona and you want to go get the done deal, you go to Treasure uh, underscore BC. Is there one thing? Or BCN. Treasure BCN. Yes, sir. Um, but it's easy to find. And when you get there, you hit the door, go, I want the done deal. It gets you free entry, which is like 30 euros right out of the gate. Um, you find Petey, you tell him you got the deal. Now, got to whine to him, get a free joint. Yeah, just you know, just tell him you got. You tell him Adam said you got a free joint. I guarantee you'll get a free joint. Uh, as long as you say I, I said so, and then he'll call me and I'll say of course. Yeah, of course, Fuck yeah. dude. And I'll be like, is he there or is she there? Depends. I'd be like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> depending yeah. on who it is, and then he'll be like, yep, and then we'll confirm, and then I'll get you a second joint just by. Put him on the phone. That's all I got to say. And yeah. I'll get like, yeah, give, him another, give her another joint. And boom, you get two boom. two free joints. Yeah. Out, or who knows? Maybe some hash. But he was re- very good. Uh, also great coffee there. That's the other thing. 
They got good coffee there. Maybe we'll hook them up with an international trade. Ooh. Ooh. Another double done deal? Double done deal. Like like at our next sponsor, Apothecary Extracts, where you can actually get Incredibles, and you can actually get 14er extract there too. Mm -hmm. So since there's no done deal at 14er, actually you could buy their concentrate at Apothecary. So maybe that's a triple done deal, right? Wow. It's yeah, apothecary extracts, it's Incredibles, yeah. and it's 14er. They Holy just uh, dropped a bunch of new in-house strains for the, I know for the med side for sure, but I'm, not sh- I'm sure for the rec side as well. So they have a bunch of new flavors for uh, the 7, 10 weeks. Sweet. Some good deals uh, if you're going to buy in quantities. And uh, it's, yeah, it's all fire right now. And it's 25 bucks for a gram of their Ambrosia. And an infused hash joint. When you use so done deal, just a, make sure you use the done deal at checkout with them. Gotta use so the done deal. Might have to pay extra, like fucking. He got here. <laughs> no extra. You get a discount. Yeah, no, you had to pay extra. He said that was his done deal. What well, Mark? That right? There, so there's one in that Denver. happens like every so often. Every so often, you gotta pay more when you do the done deal. Yeah, you just right? never know. <laughs> it's always like, yeah, you're like, what? I gotta pay more now? <laughs> Fuck. Very rarely, though. That only you're, you're killing the whole concept of what the done deal is. <laughs> I'm just making sure in case someone does get fucked over. Like, then I said it now. Go listen to the show. I said it once. Remember? <laughs> I said that. I said you might get to pay more. No, I don't think that's true. But head over to Apothecary Extracts. I know they have one in Denver. They have one in Pueblo. Where's oh, the third Colorado one? Springs. Colorado Springs. Yes. Yeah, so they're, they're a fantastic company. You got to give them a try. Um, they're actually doing rosin now, too. So it's not just BHO anymore. Um, so give him a shot. Give him Make a sure show. you mention the done deal. That's right. And you're doing. And 14, then there's you, extract you, craft. Oh shit! Extractcraft.com. You're stuck home. Extractcraft.com. If you're stuck home and you need to make some essential oils, right? You're gonna use the. Wait, if I got a memory, it's the four two zero. What's this voice come from? Where did this new voice come from? What new voice? You got like an old fucking timey fucking. Hey, man. Hey, man. Let me see. Yeah, Sean. You see what I'm saying? Fucking fly. Fly on the mic, see? Yeah. I'm looking at Jeremy read his email right now. so. It's okay. So tell him about Extract Craft. Who? Jeremy's going to tell him? No. No, you're going to tell him about Extract Craft. Oh, I ran my first run actually the other day. Ooh. Reefer blowout. What's that? Reefer blowout. Oh, might as well. That's yeah. yeah. And that's and that's the thing on these. That's what I like about the way they built all this stuff is I would definitely buy a refurb from them because it's made here in Longmont, Colorado, by hand. Very simple. It's all like you know. Once they take that apart, it's real easy for them to get to. It's not all sealed in some bullshit. So they're happy to resell you something because they know everything can be refurbed 100. percent Which I love. It's kind of like the old. Um, uh, it's like a, it's like if you have an old Mercedes, it may look like shit sometimes, but that thing will run to the end of the earth, and you know you can get parts, and you can always fix it. You know what I mean? It's like it has that vibe to it, which I love, nice. compared to some you know sealed crap. And three ninety nine, that's killer. That's like two hundred bucks off the original yeah, price. Yeah, big time. Uh, but I got the Ito Pro there. I ran just a, just a quick run. Oh, did you? And it was like so, so easy that I was like, oh my god, this is like you know gonna be the easiest thing ever. Yeah. What was I scared? Well, why was I scared? No, because I couldn't get the uh, organic uh, alcohol until just recently. So that's what you need. But you can get that. Of course, I'll explain from the next deal in a second. But if you want to go to these guys and get the done deal, you contact uh, extractcraft.com. 
uh, you pick up either the Source or the uh, Ito Pro, and now they have those refurbished Source, which is a great entry-level thing. Um, but I said, like I said, super easy, plug and play. He actually takes the altitude into consideration too, which I like. Oh, really? Yeah, because everything's got a different, you know, yeah. heating element. Makes uh, sense. Boiling point. So you set it for your exact uh, altitude, and then, uh, yeah, literally, literally push one button. That's it. Done deal. Done yeah. deal. And you go to the YouTube channel, and they got a way to do all the all kinds of different extracts. Yeah, they've got a whole yep. bunch of different uh, videos. Flowers, and, herbs, all kinds and of stuff. And that's the cool thing is you can extract all sorts of different things and then have your own little uh, home... Uh, tincture and medicine cabinet ready to go. And if you need to get alcohol to use it, you go to our other buddies over at 420 Extractor. That's an O as an OO. Oh, 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 oh shit. Zero. Oh, shit. This stuff's made here in Colorado and it's made exactly for doing extracted cannabis. So, um, you know, confidently you're using something that's not made to make some basically moonshine or. And it has some weird. Always, if you make it with Everclear, it's always got some weird. There's some weird something to it. And yeah, I noticed it right away. I was like, this stuff's got the vibe where it's like, okay, it's just stripping. I had a buddy who was way into making that alcohol, that type of shit. Well, you got to get it out of the, there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's what never tasted good to me. Yeah. No, you got to make sure it's done well. Done right. That's not right. Done right. Oh shit. Done. Uh, so yeah, four two hour extractor. Uh, as for the done deal, it's forty bucks. It's about it comes out to like thirty six bucks a, a gallon when you're buying a little bit of bulk, I think, or thirty three even. And so good price. Yep. Yep. Got five gallons. And it's and you get ninety eight percent return on that other machine, so it's like you barely use any. You know, you're like, okay, well that's gonna last forever. Well, yep. For a while, um, and. So then it's 14 or boulder.com, oh, right? Yep. So, so listen, I'm biased. They put my face on a can of weed. What can I say? They are, they're one of the top growers in the state of Colorado. If you're in Boulder, it's all pre-order. Go to 14 or boulder. Rosin is fire right now. And there is a GMO cookies flower strain that it doesn't last long when it hits the shelf. But uh, listen, it tested at 35%. So I, I mean, you, you got to try it. And the wedding cake they have right now is like old school sticky. So give it a shot. Go to 14 or Boulder, enter a pre-order. You're going to get a text. They're going to tell you when the order's ready. You come down, you just check in with them. They're being as safe as you can possibly be right now. There's only one person in the store at a time. You got to mask up, come in with your cash ready pay cash you leave with what you want and you go home and you enjoy so go to 14 or boulder.com they're, they're just they're one of my favorite dispensaries if not the favorite one along with <laughs> green farms out there so go to 14 or boulder.com you can't enter the done deal but maybe sometime soon um yes uh the medical is shut down right now but it'll be hopefully opening up the end of the year but their wreck is fire, fire, fire. So just, there are 28th in Boulder, <clears throat> excuse me, 28th in Mapleton and Boulder, and just go to 14erboulder.com and uh, spend some money, because they're awesome. Yes, sir. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Next is your guys, right? Yes, sir. Fish shit. Oh, oh no, what, 
Fish, shit, and What's that? Did you see the the email that came I in from did the people? I see that... the email from Brandon. He was loving it. And he was like, "Holy yeah. shit, man! I couldn't believe how much I got." Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing product. Um, ran it the whole entire last crop, running it this crop. It's going to become a staple in my uh, you know, quiver, I'd say, because it's stinky. The plants love it. And uh, you can always uh, get yourself a, a sample if you want. If you really want to win a bunch, though, the best option, I'd say, is just get yourself some Photoshop skills, which is important. So you have to be able to at least create some sort of because we, we're not Doesn't allowed to be photoshopped not, no i'm just you saying hand it you can do whatever you want because we're not allowed to see it they've got the secret lab where they get this <laughs> shit out of the thing and they won't they told us it wears a diaper they told us there's a diaper involved and of course we believe them right so we're just like oh, yeah diaper so you have to give us a visual but we'll add it to send the, in a photo, a picture, uh, a Photoshop, a pencil drawing I guarantee of a fish in a diaper. At least fifty percent of the people who sent in one, right? Fifty percent do what? One right out of the game, like fifty percent. Yeah. Right yes, that's how high the. Yeah. Not everybody. Yeah, Dave will see it if you. Couple send didn't. It to the, couple didn't get it. But send it to Dundeal at adamdunshow.com. dot com. That's right. And DJ's, Your chance to win. And DJC is going to be cruising that every day. Look every day that. I'm on it. That's, that's yeah. what he does. That's that's every he does. day. That's his job. Yeah. That's my job. Um, and we'll have uh, Tom on the show at some point soon just for fun. I know he, he actually, he, he called, uh, he wants to, to come back on as soon as possible just to update everybody. Cool. So next time you want to have him on, he's ready. Nice. Because I know he's uh, definitely getting some hit, getting some hits off of this fucking show. Because you know, it's one of those deals where... Every time I've talked to somebody and, or given it to them or headed it in the right direction, good results. People come back like, fuck, yeah. yeah. So that's what it takes. Fishheadfarms.com. That's right. And onward to Jet Ski Man. Oh, shit. Seedsherenow.com. He doesn't even know. Now we're hyping his shit up right now. Dude, we're hyping it. It's all hyped up. Big time. What do you mean? He's he's listening on the water right now as he's jet skiing. He's trying to get a good connection. Wow. Yeah, he's like, what? Huh? James being a man on the scene, uh, definitely putting out the goods. If you want to get the best in genetics, you go to seedsherenow.com. Uh, they always have lots of sales online. Lots of I, mean, I know because of 710, he had some sort of deal going on. He said, what did he say today? He said, yeah, he said, enter ADS10. Oh, yeah, for 10% off. Huh? This is code. ADS and I know there were some deals already uh, for seven ten that he was just doing with besides our thing. So you have to check out their website. Also on the forum, you can see everything from uh, different breeders. Talk to breeders direct. Don't talk to me though. I, I <laughs> Don't talk not, to me though. I won't answer you. you on, just just. Do it on the show. Come here. Yeah. I'll try to answer. Oh, like okay, like I have to remember. Like there's one guy I wanted to know what year I started at Sensi. That was in '90, so I was there. Yes, I was there when Neville came, but that was later. That was like '92, '93. So yeah. Anyway. Mega!
that was that one guy. <laughs> I had that question. Yeah, he had that one question. What was the other one? There was somebody else asked something. And I was like, oh, I got to remember that. Anyway, if they remember, ask again. Uh, that was it. See, I didn't have to write anything in a forum or talk to anybody or nothing. It's like right here. It's over. You never see it again. I can never have to like remember it. Boom. Booyah. Well, no, um, you, everyone it should get a standard response. That's joint. You ask the question Friday at 420 and it'll get answered on the air. Yeah, just call me direct. Um, but no, since you're now best in customer service, that's why we love them. That's why he can hang out on his jet ski because he's got a whole crew behind him that are actually doing all the work. He can be out on the jet ski, lollygagging around, pretending like there's <laughs> nothing out there being shipped. Yeah. Not hundreds of packages are on the road, fucking sh -sh 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 everywhere. But no, they get you your, your uh, seeds in a discreet manner, which is the most important part, and safe. And if there is any issues, just fucking hit them up. They'll be like, no problem. Uh, what else can I say? Nothing else to say. Well, what we can say is if you wanted to grow some of those seeds and oh, you were sans a lamp, what? you could go to illuminar.com. Yeah, what a segue. And you can grab a lamp or you can write into the show with the word of the month, and we're going to give one away in three weeks. Yep. Every, every month, last Friday of the month, we give away a light, a 315 to ceramic metal halide. You've got to just know the word of the month, which is on their Instagram. Go to, Insta, go to uh, Illuminar Lighting uh, or at Illuminar Lighting on Instagram and you can check out their word of the month somewhere, somewhere hidden yeah. in there. It's not that they hard. They usually part. tag us in. The it's usually not that hard. Right? So, we're not, I mean, we're not making yeah. it that complicated. Come on. But the, the complicated part is you have to put your phone number in a letter <laughs> saying why the fuck yeah. you need a light in the first place or else you're never going to get called because I'm not going to just randomly call You people. must include a phone number. I'm tired of writing back going, you forgot the phone number. You forgot the phone number. Copy, paste. You forgot the phone number. Yeah phone number so much work so much work what a yeah. whiny bitch dave jesus <laughs> can't believe you're saying that i can't believe you're include shunning. your phone number no, you can win a lamp it's true phone number has been an issue uh, pretty much 90 percent of the time uh, so add the number expect a phone call during the show time jeremy's not allowed to win so no friends jeremy anymore. might win and you never know he might he do some change his like, voice uh, and act like someone else like he can win but not if he's like can't be like hey jeremy i'm gonna give you a light that everyone will... otherwise otherwise mti should have won a light yeah a long time ago because he still cried about a light and he's somebody out there uh, wants wait. to give give mti a light so he can kill plants because he's already killed everything, <laughs> everything we've given him he's Everything he's had, put, he's killed. He hasn't had one success story. So put MTI on camera for a second. I no. MTI, come around and get we're on not, camera. He, he won't do to. it. He won't do it. Yeah. He gets no, all, no, I don't want to be camera. You want me to get close to Adam? Could you use in this COVID guy times? in a movie? Oh, come look we're at, safely look at, six. Look at Mark. What? Come on, get around there on camera. Can you find a role for him in one of your movies? Because oh, Wolverine if he can play Grizzly no, Adams, Wolverine baby, play a bear. Yeah. No, I'm good. Come on. No, I'm not coming. Or, or an Ewok oh, or something like Anyways. that. Ewok. An he'd Ewok. Be, he would be a good Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> if you just put like extra fur, I could just stick my hair, my beard on his what face. Use the pubes you cut <laughs> off. If I put his my beard on his face, he's an Ewok. Yeah, there we go. That's good enough. See? So yeah. Yeah. We already got the shirt. Right. We already got the costume. Can you commit to that right now, Jeremy, <laughs> that you're going to use Mark and William Phillips? In a Star Wars porno. In a Star Wars porno that you shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need MTI in a Star Wars porno as an Ewok. That would be <laughs> oh, a dream come true. Well, that would be a dream come true. Now we're talking. Okay. It's, that is so green. This is how the green light sessions work, right? You just throw anything out to see if it sticks? That's how it works. Are you green lighting that movie right now? <laughs> Which one is that? 
the Star Wars. Wars. Mark's in the porno with Leia. Oh yeah, no, that's totally that's, that's fully green lighted at this point. <laughs> Big time. Fully green lighted. Illuminar no, lighting. Illuminar lighting. Not Illuminar lighting. Not Ewok porn. It's not Ewok porn at Illuminar lighting. That's their new. Is that their new catchphrase? I don't know. Yeah, I heard something like that. Done deal now, at. Um, After the done deal, you can get an eighty. They could easily get an eighty thousand dollars done. You could beat that eighty thousand dollars if you got the big order uh, a lot of lights and ask for a done deal. Because it's pretty good, pretty substantial. Yeah, totally. It adds up. So you don't, could, uh, if you're growing for a big space and you ask for a done deal, tell us. Tell us about it so we can rub it. We can rub it in their faces and say, "See, look, thousands of lights." No, but we, you could literally get an eighty thousand dollars deal like that. Just yeah. The bigger, the bigger, the better. Uh, but no, they're a great company. Uh, got amazing products. It's not just the ceramic metal halide, but they have. Uh, Amazing LEDs now, which are finally getting into the zone where it's kind of worth it if you think long term, especially because if you know no bulb change, which is like a huge, a huge amount of money if you've got thousand lights, you got to change a thousand bulbs, right? Um, but yeah, go to luminarlighting.com, ask for the done deal, check out the, all their LEDs and other lights. Talk to Scott. Tell Scott what the hell. Later, Adam. I'm gonna go dab. It's 7:10 in uh, LA. Oh Enjoy. shit! 7:10 LA time. Yeah. Everybody dab, dab, and, and we're out of here. Nice. Yeah, yes, we're sir. Thanks, sir. Oh, now you better go. Yeah, you've been locked in that room with no dabs. That's been torture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you had two minutes to make it to your car. Wow, I didn't realize you're torturing him that much, um, and doing dabs in front of him the whole time. I know, like, right? Wow, it was like, it was like pure we torture. Are assholes. We're the worst. Dave, Sons I can't believe you made us do that. Why'd you do that, dude? Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining the show. It was fun times. Of course, like, Corey never showed up. I have no idea. He was working with some... I told him 6 o'clock or 6.30 was cool. It's now 8, so that's obviously not nah. not not the original plan. Well, let's promo next week's show because we're going to have Joe Hodis, the CMO from Wana, on to discuss the Last Prisoner Project. That's oh, nice. awesome. Uh, maybe I'll get Corey to come back in. Well, maybe... Eh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll get, you know, continue the... See, glass blowers are hard are a hard uh, bunch to nail down when it comes to anything timing wise. Yeah. I've noticed. Uh -huh. When I had a gallery it was like, Wow, hurting cats much? You know, it's <laughs> like crazy. Um, I wanna thank everybody in the chat gang. I wanna thank everybody uh listening to just wherever and whenever to the show. Supporting the show. Thanks to Dave for somehow fixing his mic and making everybody happy now. That was amazing. Uh <laughs> MTI for making it all happen, the, and everything, you know, and the obviously beautiful wife, CC, little Nick. Oh, Nick is killing it on his fucking motorcycle. Oh my God. Yeah. That, yeah, Husqvarna, electric Husqvarna that uh, my friend bought for him, crushing it. Nice. Uh, things like, I, he, him on three is like me on four, and me on four, I'm like, Oh yeah, this thing has got. It's still got two to go, and I'm like, I'm already good on four. Where I'm <laughs> like, yeah, this is, this is. Well, you have to go a little higher if you want to do jumps and stuff. So we're moving up, but he's like, it's fun to watch because you know, motocross is a very underrated sport when it comes to uh, the workout that's involved and the strength involved and needed mm. to do anything. Because when you have to pick up the bike three or four times, you start realizing like, oh shit, this shit ain't light, electric or not. It's small or not even for a kid 
well, for me, it's not that bad. But for him, it's like, oh, I can see the struggle. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. The struggle part of the bike. This is like the part that you don't never knew before you started that is actually the exercise part of the whole deal where you're like, it's not all fun and games. There's actually the, a lot more to the sport. So it was pretty cool to watch. And, uh, yeah, shout out to everybody out there in uh, Candleland. Thanks. Oh, shout out to the guys from uh, for, uh, to your buddy there from jumping on at the beginning of the show from uh, Hemp Benchmarks. Benchmarks. Oh, yeah, Cannabis Benchmarks, Hemp Benchmarks, Jonathan Rubin. Thank you so much yes, for coming sir. on. Oh, yeah, the guys at Num Nuts have some to give away, too. So if you oh, want some Num Nuts nuts, not, not the peanut butter just yet, but the nuts, Ooh, send yeah. us an email at dundeal at Adam Dunn Show, and we'll get some to you. Put my email in there, dude. Done. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys, that I shaved my beard. I got it. He's anybody got it right to, there. Anybody wants to buy it or, you know, whatever. It's Ooh, right. an it's, auction. It's here. Like and anybody who believes that that was his beard and not his pubes, you go right ahead and buy that thing. Yeah, come on. It'll man. grow on you. On, my, on the outside of the thing. Oh, there you go, on the outside of the thing. Oh, way more comfortable now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Sound great. Yeah, sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Now I'm like Cap with my own beard. Uh, I feel like Cap. Looks like Cap's beard. Right? And, and if anybody out there wants to send in photos of people who, famous people who you think Adam looks like, I thought he looked like Antonio Isfandiari, the no, poker player. No, so if you have anyone else out there you think he looks like, send in the suggestions so that Mark Harold can put Kumar, up Harold and Kumar, that was photos. always one. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> the right angle, I can do I, I watch the movies and go, oh shit, with that angle, it definitely is me. You don't look anything like Harold. <laughs> Not Harold. <laughs> We need a laugh track. Come on. Dun, dun, dun. No. It's been a four-hour show. Four-hour show. Almost, a yeah. four-hour show. That's what we do around here, bro. It's longer than Gilligan's Island. We're out on the on the ocean. Oh man. It's a three-hour tour. It's those damn commercials everyone hates. The weather started getting rough. They like the tiny it. ship was Secretly, tossed. they love the commercials because mm. all the deals, all the bonus. They deals. save money. I saw people take. Like it, we ticked up a little they bit. They ticked up on the commercials. They're like, this is it. There's Finally, the commercials, like, all that whoa. bullshit he was talking about. Where earlier. do I go to get and save that money? Sweet. Uh, Dave, you're, you're, you're the man. All right. Shout out to everybody. See you next week. Peace out. Shout out to Adam. Thank you, brother. Shout out to you, Dave. Peace. Practically every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. One of us smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it.